This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Football Fancast, fueled by Guinness and Jaeger, uh, powered by Celery, the show that only ever needs one shot. Very oh, good. good. Oh, yeah. There Brilliant. we go. Right. Uh, a horrible game, but a great result. Best sums up Chelsea's win in the Loftus Road toilet bowl. To be fair, QPR made it tough for Chelsea with a bobbly pitch and their bobbly-headed fans. But all the coin and bottle throwing couldn't deny Chelsea another three points as they continue the march to the title. As for QPR, all their frothing at the mouth every time a Chelsea player touched the ball can't hide the fact that they are, and always have been, a championship club and forever in Chelsea's shadow. How can you put tickets for the biggest game of your season on general sale? And remember... They only have a capacity of 18,000. West London is theirs. Ten blokes from Acton. Are you fucking sure? <laughs> Good riddance to bad rubbish. Right, I am Stanford Chidge, and I do feel much better for that. And the name of tonight's show is the Chelsea Football Fancast, The Masked Avenger. <laughs> there we dun, go. Dun, dun. Could be like Zorro, really, because yeah. it was Fabregas. Right, now, on the show tonight with me, I'm delighted to tell you that I have... Uh, I have Dan Sills back with us. Hello, mate. How Evening. are you? Very well yourself? Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling fantastic. <laughs> Me too. To, uh, a, a quick uh, pint, or, or, well, there's a pint of Guinness and a, and a shot thank, thanks to Clive, who we yes. also have on the show tonight. Good evening. Clive O'Connell, the man behind the driver on the wing. Uh, I was so upset that I missed you on your debut, as Clayton Bim would say. I, I'm just delighted to have you back. Well, after Jonathan exposed me on that show and all the hate mail that's followed it... <laughs> It's nice to come out into the open at long last. I'm delighted to know that you got even more hate mail as a result of being on the show as opposed to just doing the articles. Because one of the things I used to love about... We, we will talk about this later, by the way, folks, because uh, Clive does do this fabulous weekly uh, weather report. I think we'll leave it at that. 
But the comments that you used to get from uh, the opposing fans used to have me in stitches. That's the most enjoyable part of it, is when you know you've really hit the button, wound them up and set them going. (laughs) They love it, don't they? Anyway, we've got got Clive on the show tonight, and I'm delighted about that, as I keep saying. Uh, But last, but by no means least, my partner in crime, uh, the yin to my yang, (laughs) uh, the Jägermeister shot to my pint of Guinness... It is Dr. Mart. How are you, mate? I'm very well indeed. Yeah, we've got mics back tonight, haven't we've we? Got big mics. I can yeah. hardly see you behind we've this big, mic. We've got big phallic objects in front mm. of our mouths, which I find rather... I will take... I'll do in fact, you, you've got the full kit, really, because you've got... You've got, thing got ear You've got your well. ears, you've got glasses, yeah. and you've got a mic to speak into. I don't so quite know what that means, right. but I, I'll, I'll ponder it. We might do a bit of a periscope of this later, actually, just so you know what we mean. So you really know that they're not really phallic objects. They are in fact <laughs> microphones. I would hate people to have the uh, kind of. Well, I would. Ha- I would hate for it. I would hate for the rumor about the fact that it's all being rent boys to be proved correct. Really, that's what I'm saying. Anyway, um, okay, done the introductions. I've got to read a bit more of the script. How tedious and dull. Uh, but anyway, on the show tonight, uh, we will be kicking off with the ratings for the QPR game, and we'll be awarding our man of the match, and uh, we'll be talking about Oscar Hazard and Courtois in in that little bit, I believe. Uh, after all that, we'll be asking, whilst it's all well and good digging out results, do we have enough in the tank to see out the season? Uh, we'll also be saying good riddance to bad QPR rubbish, and we'll be talking to Clive about his driver on the wing column and figuring out exactly when we will win the title. Now, to wrap up, we'll have all the usual Chelsea fancast news and stuff and plugs and even a few, I've decided to call it correspondence this week. I've gone up market, Martin. I've called it correspondence. Correspondence. As opposed to emails. That's like a file in an old office. Yeah. Correspondence. I'm yeah. going to look in that funny... You remember those little uh, brown kind of cardboardy type box file things and you would like open that's them it, up? Yeah. yeah. With, with like, a little metal bit on the spring. What, exactly. There we go. Yeah. You are showing your age, smarts. why I love <laughs> you. Now, don't forget, you can also tweet at Chelsea Fancast. Or you can post on the live chat page at Mixler, which is where you can, of course, listen to the show live and direct. And it is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast. And you do that during the show and you can tell us what you think about what we're saying and the game, anything else you want to say. And I will try and uh, look at the, uh, the Mixler feed as we're talking. And I can see that right now we've got loads of people. Have we got many in? Yeah, we have. We've got... Uh, we got Jeff Knight, we've got Alison, the lovely Alison's always in there. Andy Silverman's in the house tonight. Evening, Chef. Hi, Andy. Hello, Hello Chef. Mate. How you doing? Yeah, we've got Steve Hadlow. We've got all, basically all the ex-crew and benches yeah. from uh, the fan cast. I think we've Jack Arandachick, she's a regular. Uh, and we've got Clive Lewis. Yeah, we've got Shed and Seattle are in there. Love it. Uh, Seattle. I love it. I wish we could have somebody in there from San Diego because then I could say, fuck you, San Diego. Or is it stay classy? I never remember. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving swiftly along. Uh, I think we should uh, start with a bit of a match review and uh, a bit of uh, uh, ratings. What do you think, Dan? Yes, go for it. All right. Hit me. Okay, uh, these have been pilfered, as they always are, uh, from the wonderful ESPN blog site. And, and p- many people ask, actually nobody asked me this at all, I'm making it up, but if they were to ask me why I pilfer them from the ESPN uh, blog site on Chelsea... Why do you? Okay, well, thank you for asking the question. I was waiting for somebody to do that, Clive. Uh, the reason I do that is because uh, they tend to be written by Chelsea supporters. Mark Worrell quite often writes them. 
and a, a guy called Phil, who I can't remember his second name now, but uh, he, he's quite a decent Chelsea supporter. So therefore, I feel that they have a, the right amount of bias. You know, they're qualified to do the ratings. Okay, so there we go. <coughs> Excuse me. Right, now the ratings are... I've waffled on long enough about nothing, so I'll talk about the ratings. They are Courtois, 8. Aspilicueta, 7. Terry, 7. Cahill, 7. Ivanovic, 7. Matic, 6. Ramirez, 7. William, 6. Fabregas, 6. Hazard, 7. Drogba, 6. And the substitutes are Oscar, 7. And uh, Quadrado and Zuma Nilpoin, uh, mm-hmm. largely because they didn't play for long enough. Nothing nope. other than that. Now, uh, my first opening gambit on that is really to say, I actually didn't change any of those. I actually thought that, that was absolutely spot on because I don't think anybody deserved a nine. And I don't think anybody really deserved a poor one either, yeah. Dan. I think I totally agree. I mean, I think absolutely spot on. I thought Matic was good, but not up to levels he has been. Um, Fabregas, again, scored the goal. Wasn't the player he has been. Hazard was still our best player. Jogba did a job. Not Again, not the player he was, but I think he was perfect for that game because towards the end when we scored, he was playing in midfield, heading balls away, just just being Jogba. So, yeah, I think... Yeah. I'm deli- Dan, that's why I love you. So, you've just done the entire show, a two-hour <laughs> show in about a minute... And it's like the reduced oh. Chelsea fan. <laughs> Dan. I love. We can all go back to the yeah. pub now, smart. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I'm up for that. Not yeah, I'm definitely up Guinness. for that. Yeah. Right. Now get your coat. You pulled. Uh, right. I would basically agree with what Dan says. I, what, what, I, I do agree. The reason Matic is you give him a low score. It was one of those games again where there's so many balls going over his head. They didn't really get a look in a lot of the time. Though I think it was Matic's worst game that I've seen. His he was sloppy in his passing. Yeah. He lost possession more than I've ever seen him lose possession before. Mm. But he still had his moments and was imperious yeah. at other times. I think William was, for me, in the first half at least, probably one of the best players. Really, out there. he's he's a consi- industrious. He's yeah, very, he's a consistent seven. William, so pretty much week in week out. Um, maybe Matic still got the effects of that injury from the celebrations, possibly. And the other thing I'd like to say, Oscar came on. I thought he had a really good game. There's a lot of no. Oscar haters in social media, but I thought he really had intelligence. Oh, Oscar yeah. changed it a lot. Yeah, that on. one too with Hazard was really skillful. We, we, get, we gave Oscar, a bit, uh, you know, really a bit of stick last week, which, which is unusual for me because I'm, I'm... Well, I mean, we balanced it out, I think, really, but I mean, none of you were here last week, so I don't know why I'm telling you what happened last week. I but anyway. to it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I was well, digging for. Well, obviously, <laughs> we, we all listened to I it, was obviously. Yeah, for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But no, I, I, we, we were kind of giving him <clears> a bit of stick, although I balanced it out because I'm a, I, I love Oscar to pieces yeah. and... And, and you know, I, I really do believe he's still going to be one of the best Chelsea players we've seen. Agreed. But I do think he made the, a massive difference when he came on. Um, he, we just looked a bit more. We had a bit more of a cutting edge. And I, I think we were saying this in the pub before. You know that that touch for the goal. I mean, it was a dire match. Yeah. It was pretty rubbish. But you know, it just when, when you've got a side like Chelsea, it just takes one bit of magic uh, to, to to make the difference. And I think that combination between Hazard. Oscar and, and Fabregas was was very telling. Obviously, yeah. what what I what, talking about Hazard actually. This is this is a good point. Um, you know, Hazard's been getting a massive uh, big up, and quite rightly over the last few weeks, everybody's kind of angling him for, to be the Player of the Year. I wrote a blog on it last week for IBT uh, IB Times, and uh, even uh, kind of you know journalists not quite as good as me, like Henry Winter, were begging him up. You know. <laughs> Um, Which is a damning insult in itself. Yeah. Well, no, Henry's a really good guy, Henry's actually. No, Henry, Henry's a good guy. But it's in, it, he didn't have, you know, the kind of game 
that he has been having recently. But I, I, to be really honest, Clive, I mean, I know you yeah. were there, so you might have had a different perspective on this, but my feeling was that QPR actually did a great job in shackling him. It's a small pitch, and they played to the strengths of that small pitch, and they just yeah, surrounded Azard. They really kicked in hard and kicked in fiercely, and they played exactly how they should do to stop us playing in, in, the, yeah. in those circumstances. And I hate to say it, but Joey Barton actually had a big part in that, in, in shutting us down, shutting down the space. He's, I can't stand the bloke. But. I can't stand him. Right. He's, he yeah. is... He's a decent footballer, I and mean, we thought you know he should keep his mouth shut. But he's not—he's not a bad footballer. He, there was, he, there was he does a, certain, a certain irony in the QPR crowd singing about John Terry's family when you got Joey Barton standing there in front yeah. of him. Did, well, you, yeah. did, you, did, you, did yeah. you tweet that out? No, somebody else tweeted yeah. that. Yeah, because I thought I, that was because spo- I think yeah. they were a bit more graphic, weren't they? Really, Clive? Yes, they were. Yeah. <laughs> Racially yeah. motivated murder, I think, was actually the expression. That was, that yes. Yeah. That, do you think we're allowed to say that legally? Well, I think racially motivated axe murderer. Oh, axe murderer. Yeah, At a bus stop, I signed an axe murderer. Allegedly, there we go. We said allegedly. We're all right. No, I do worry because Clive, of course, is a lawyer, so you know he'll be mm. looking at me. I'm not here to give legal advice. No, so no, 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 no liability court, accepted for any advice I do give. Proven a court of law, so maybe law of the land. Yeah, you know, Clive has already given me kind of four very kind of wide-eyed looks, like oh my god. So you know, and it, we're, we're only like we've only been going for ten minutes, Clive. But that doesn't work, Dan. Wow, it seems like longer because the law of the land said that John Terry wasn't a racist. Yeah, so we know what the yeah, affair like. We're, as always, uh, ten minutes in, we're already off the point. Now, I was actually looking at uh, the Mixler feed a minute ago. And I found a great... Uh, a, a Mike Harvey says something which I, I, I just don't understand. So I need to kind of go back and find it if I can. Uh, I'll, I'll have a look at it in the break because it was very funny. But I, I don't, <laughs> Mike, all I'm saying is I saw it, but I don't understand what you were talking... Something about Chidge nicking it as usual. What are you, are you trying to call me a scouser or something? Oh, I don't know. Um, right, now, uh, what I would say, we haven't mentioned yet, and we really ought to. Uh, he got the highest mark in the ratings, and that's Courtois. And I thought he uh, he played really well, and I thought he made two absolutely match-saving world saves. Class. World class saves, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the the, the one from the close-range one, he had absolutely no time to move, and and, and he he just that was a fantastic save. That was from Matt Phillips, wasn't yeah. it? Matt Phillips, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, I thought he was really good. Actually. It was only about five yeah, yards from him, and, and he, he gave it a welly, and and well, it's a good save. Uh, to and save that was and amazing. From Charlie Austin as well, I thought was yeah, quality, indeed. And uh, beyond that, that, was beyond that as well, it was QPR's game strategy was to try and lob him. Yeah. They'd obviously watched the game last week. They thought that's how we can <laughs> yeah. beat him. Stupid. And the number of times they tried it, and every time straight into his hands, and he. I don't know why. Uh, why do players do that? I mean, it's like shut. It's, it's like shutting the the, the barn door mm. after the horse is bolted, isn't it? In football they're QPR. Parlance. What well, else can they do? But there was one of them, those from Charlie Austin that was that was comical. It was so poor. Yeah, wasn't well, it? Yeah. Well, let's not talk about QPR. God no. Um, no, I think I think Courtois did very well. I heard something really interesting. I, I'm sure I saw this on Twitter earlier, but uh, apparently Petr Cech um, said before the match started, uh, he 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 basically said, "Look, if you win the toss to choose ends, make sure you choose the the end that they did choose, hmm. because the sun, uh, you know, will get in your eyes if you don't." That's knowledge. Yeah, and I thought that was good really knowledge, good. and also very selfless. You know, yeah, yeah? I thought that was quite, quite good. What do you yeah. think, Dan? Uh, yeah, I mean, just sums up the character of Czech and what a great servant he's been. He thinks about the team rather than the individual. It's a really nice touch. He wants mm. Chelsea to win. It's his last season, and he's going to do everything he can to make sure Courtois has a safe handover. Yeah, I, I love Petr Cech. Has he played yeah. enough to get a medal? He has. Yeah, yeah. it's five right. games he's, now. I think is it five? Because yeah, it used to be ten. Didn't they it? changed yeah, it to five. I think. No, no, he's got enough to get a medal, and, and so he should. And I, you know, I love Petr Cech and. 
it will be a, a very sad day when he leaves. I don't want to get sidetracked down that alley right now. But uh, what I would say is, I think I think the defence actually played really well because, you know, it was clearly QPR's game plan to, uh, you know, be physical and do a lot of long balls, as Clyde was saying. And and I thought JT uh, was masterful as always. I thought Brenner and Aspie did, did great. But I, I I really want to give some praise to Gary Cahill, who I thought looked very very assured. And and I just wondering to myself whether his uh, his his clear blip in form is over, Clive. He's well. He's not made any more errors as he did in the past. In the last few games, he's been very solid. You can see he's got such a good relationship with John Terry. Yeah. They are communicating. They're getting there. They're taking up. He got clobbered a couple of times yesterday. Yeah, they all got viciously. clobbered a lot. Yeah, but he was just up and straight mm. back in it. I, I thought he was back to his best. Good, uh, which I is agree. good because he hasn't been there for a while. And we all know that his best is good enough to win a, Europe, a European Cup final. So, and, yeah. and they look much more of a unit as a four rather than individuals. Certainly mm. the right side, which has been possibly our weak point, looked much more solid as a back four, all kind of coming up together, game back together, and there weren't the gaps that we normally leave down the right side. I think it's, it, it's, it's a mark of a player that they can actually go through. I mean, you know, let's be honest, he had a real stinking run of oh, bad form, and we, all, we would all, you know, own up to that. But I think it's a real mark of a player when they can you know, go back, think about their game, work harder and come back out the other side of that actually. And I think I think that shows that shows what kind of a player Gary Cahill is, uh, mentally as as well as, you know, skillfully. And I, I think all credit to him for that. Yeah. I never I never signed up to the faction that wanted him sold. I always believe he would come out the other side of this. Yeah. I think he's a good player. It shows Joseph has got complete trust in Cahill because mm. the form Zuma in when he came in, he could have easily dropped Cahill and bought in Zuma, but he stuck with Cahill for most of the games. Well again I think I think it's a very salient point people te- seem to forget this but you know Gary Cahill I th- was very instrumental in us w- winning that game in Munich when we Absolutely. won the Champions League yeah. well, you know Terry wasn't yeah. playing was he it, it was him and Geezer wasn't it yeah. Geezer. Central Defence and if he wins the uh, Championship this season he's won every single domestic trophy and European trophy going he's won mm. the set and I'm, I'm, I'm very happy not, I, not the Cup Winners Cup that's gone. That's gone. No, no. But you never will win that. <laughs> but I'm really delighted. Well, never say never. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really delighted for him because he, he, you know, apart from everything else, he's a really nice lad as well, by all accounts. So uh, I, I wish no ill will at all to Gary Cahill, and I'm, I'm really glad to see him getting back to his best. I think we all, are, as Chelsea fans, we all want the best. Absolutely. All right. So I think we should talk about. Uh, we, we kind of touched a bit on Matic, but I mean, Matic and Fabregas were, were pretty poor, weren't they, Clive? There is the theory that they were both sitting, trying to avoid cards, and that. That, you got the feeling that they just weren't going in for tackles mm. when they could have done. They were stepping away from tackles when they could have stayed on the ball. And that yeah. could have been behind it because by them not getting carded, they're both around now for the rest of the season. Can, can someone That's explain important. explain that rule there? Why, why is it that it, uh, on on Saturday, Saturday they were... Uh, sorry, Sunday they were up for a two-game ban if they got yeah. booked and now they're not? Well, it's also uh, the FA sent certain dates as to... Okay. When you can get the ban, yeah. so after a certain date, okay. you, you'll get a letter warning about your conduct rather which, than the ban. Rather than the ridiculous situation in the Champions League in 2012, yeah. Yeah. where half of both teams were banned for exactly. the final. Exactly, no, that was crazy. Losers. I always think they should have a rule where unless it's a straight red, you should, mm. be, you should be able to play. Because it's, you know, it's a once-in-a-lifetime for some teams. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, JT may get one more chance, but someone like him deserves the Champions League final. Because mm. yeah. he missed the uh, Europa League because he was injured. Oh, it's ridiculous. He did rule. play in one, but... In Champions League final. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah but winning it as opposed to yeah, yeah. yeah. We try and forget about that. To. Yeah, <laughs> try and forget about that one. Yeah, I'm sure he's blocked that one out for. Uh, yeah, 
Yeah, you're all struggling because I'm kind of ignoring you. It's quite. No, it's going no, quite well. No, 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 we're no, actually no, I thought I the quality of this uh, proof hugely. I, I think I do. I, I think so, you do. special guest, I David think, I think yeah. you do protest too much. I was sitting there trying to play with Mixler and just listening to you, and you were all beginning. I wonder to what like, you would play with over bit, there. You're a bit. You, do you know what you were like? You're a bit like a load of kids that have been left alone by their parents, and then suddenly realised. Someone went, when, someone, when you're sitting at a table and someone turns and faces the other way, sort oh, of crouched down, you wonder what they are playing with, Blame really, it on don't me. you? Blame it on me. Why not? Chase, is there something you want to say about parental neglect in your childhood? Just you know, let, let it all out now. Out okay. open. Hands up, all of those, <laughs> hands up, all of the psychotherapists around the table. Ah, that would just be oh, me then. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I think not. <laughs> I think you probably best keep it yourself. Doctor, well. heal thyself. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think it's time for man of the match. Actually, now I think I think this is quite tricky this week. Um, I've I've jotted down uh, Courtois and Oscar, oddly perhaps, and Ramirez, who's somebody we didn't uh, discuss at all actually in our little kind of ratings thing. But I, I thought Ramirez actually he did all right. He got it because basically it was always going to be quite a scrappy game. You know, QPR uh, kind of flooded the midfield. And, and, and to be fair to QPR, I thought they pressed and pressed and pressed and they fought for everything. You know, and actually it's kind of a perfect game for Ramirez because he likes a bit of a scrap. But he'll also, you know, try and run with the ball and, and, and release the pressure. And I thought he did that really well. So I think he's definitely worth a nomination. Um, Oscar, uh, I, I think, because he changed the game in many respects. I thought that we, we did look a much, you know, more attacking unit when he came on. And I think Courtois, because without those two saves, we would have we might have lost that match. So I, I would go for any. Well, I won't say who I'm going to go for, but I would nominate those three for certain. Smart. What about you, R- Ramirez? Well, he's good at two things, isn't he? Running around a lot and falling over a lot. And Ooh, actually, he's quite good. At, <laughs> he's pretty good at winning a tackle. He can stick a foot in and, and take the ball off people. So in that game, those were two very useful attributes. Mm. Um, I thought it was his. It was his kind of game, yeah. Uh, you know, wasn't it really? Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. It was. It was. It wasn't a fluid game. It was. It was. It was non-stop, but it, there was no real pattern to it, no shape. It just buzzed around the whole time, and it was really all about the midfield, wasn't it? Mm. Except when they kicked it over the top, when it wasn't about. So the you midfield. think? You think? Well, I mean, actually, just mm. as, a, as an aside, smart. You know, I, I do think it's it's no coincidence that. Uh, a lot of I, I, Hull did this very well. We talked about yeah. this on on the show and after Hull. But basically, because Matic is so good at hoovering up everything, yeah. that a lot of teams are just bypassing our midfield and yeah. just going straight over the top or exactly. down, down the wings. So I wouldn't say they worked us out, but they found a way to to you know get round the big problem that we have for them, which is having Matic there. You know. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, out of out of those three, uh, Oscar, I agree well, I mean, you with can, you, you that you, he... you can nominate any three you want. Oh, really. Oscar, I agree with you. He, he he came on and the game did change, but I wonder that was whether that was because. He came on at a time when the game needed to change anyway. I, mm. I, I don't know whether he changed it or whether it was something the Mourinho said, right, get forward, lads. Mm. You know? Uh, um, but for me, Courtois was, was outstanding. He was very, very good indeed. Brilliant. That's two real world class saves. Cool. So you're gonna... I, I'd have a call out for Terry as well. I thought Terry yeah. played well. Yeah, and, and, and he kept I, his head, which is brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Terry and Cahill both uh, yeah. performed extremely well. And actually, if you look at what Courtois did, some good things, but he didn't have to do that much. They were stamping it out before it got yeah. to him. But that's harder, isn't it, for a keeper? Yeah, I mean, the keeper yeah. can get bored in those situations. Mm. So, um, give me your three nominations then, Smart. Okay, uh, I'll say Courtois, Oscar and Terry are my three. 
Okay, I'm, I mean, I, I, I kind of felt slightly guilty that I hadn't nominated either Terry or Cahill because I actually thought they, they did very well. And, mm. you know, Zamora and uh, and Austin were, were, you know, they were getting in amongst them. It was not an easy... That was not an easy match as a defender, I don't think. No, Ivanovic so, gave it away more often than he normally does. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Courtois, Terry... Yeah, Courtois, Terry and Oscar in that order, Courtois, I think. Courtois, Terry and Oscar. What about you, uh, Dan, What do you think? Definitely Courtois, because again, without him, we could have gone 2-0 down. Oscar for the impact and John Terry, because it was John Terry in the celebration. You saw the passion and the desire a full-time whistle with the fist pumps and how much it means to him. Mm. That's really just sums up Chelsea and John Terry, I thought, for me. Nice. All right. Well, and he okay. kept his head in front, in, yeah, in, in, yeah. in the face of severe got, Well, I mean, we, we, you weren't there, were you, Dan? Yeah. No, no, I was not right. Well, Clive was the only one of us who was there, so actually, I think we picked that up with Clive. I think Terry, because of the circumstances, everything about him, the way he kept everything together, would be my top one. Then Courtois and Cahill. So I think it's how they kept it together at the back, where things weren't going great in midfield, and sometimes a little bit flaky up front. It was from the back that we managed to win the game because we didn't concede. Yeah, I thought as soon as we yeah. got the opportunity, then we scored. I thought it was. I, I agree with you there, Clive. I thought it was a great defensive performance. Uh, I therefore will change my mind, and uh, I, I definitely stick with Courtois. I will. I will go for Terry instead of Ramirez. I'll keep Oscar because I do. Th- I do think he, like, like you were saying, mm. Dan. I think he did. Same as me, then, really. And you? Yeah. Yes. Mm. All right. He was just the last <laughs> one to say it. You're <laughs> such a diva, aren't you? For fuck's sake. Uh, Anyway, Courtois, Terry and Oscar, I think, for the three nominations, actually, is quite sensible. Now, I, I will vote for... I'm tempted to vote for JT, actually, weirdly, having not even put him in my original nominations, because I think what you were all saying was spot on. Um, bollocks to it. I'm going to go for Terry, actually. I think Clive's argument was so watertight, I'm going to go for JT. So, anyway, what about you lot? I'll stick with the plan. I'll, I'll, I'll put... Quarter off, Court first, off for JT you. Second, I'll you. go with JT. You're yeah. going to go for JT. I'm going to JT. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is what happens when you have a lawyer on the show. You see, <laughs> yeah. Such you a know. reasonable argument. The case for the prosecution wins. Yeah. Clive's already there. We go. He's at his feet tonight. Uh, right. So there we go. We're all saying Terry. <laughs> Martin's saying Courtois, which I, 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 you know, I would have gone for. Had and Clive. Sky went for Joey Barton. So that goes well, to show you what Sky knew. Jerry Barton. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing at all. It was yeah. Alan Smith, though. So. Uh, he yeah. hates Chelsea. I can't I stand Alan Smith, I hate Smith, Alan though. Smith. I can't He's stand... just such an odious, dull, can't useless man. Any Sky yeah. pundit. I just, with the exception of the Chelsea ones, I just and, can't And Gary Neville. Yeah, Gary Neville, actually, yeah, I got, he, he talks a lot of sense. Even mm. Carragher's beginning to come into line He's a bit. And, only and, when in know, comparison with the others. That's very true. And it's not just Sky. Come on, BBC have got that awful Lineker man. Who I despise more than anyone else. I just on watch television. it. I just watch it in speech. Do you know what? The... Talk, talking of links, I mean, you know, I, I love Gary Lineker as a player because he's probably the best forward I've seen in my lifetime playing for England, and I, I loved it when he used to bang in goals for them. Obviously, I hated him when he was at Spurs, but uh, I think the thing about Gary Lineker, you forget that he is. A, you actually forget that he was a great footballer now because he's yeah. he's become such a plastic identikit presenter. Now. He's grown into he's, that job brilliantly. Actually. Yeah, well, like, this is the thing. I think he's like him or not, he, he's he about does a, it well. He's about as sincere as this table, Martin. That's well, that's. Yeah. He's become perfect identikit when, when presenter. You can compare the Olympics where he was just being a plastic, horrible, permatant, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Compare with say Claire Balding, who mm. actually came to that with real class and or quality. Or Matthew Pinson. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he just was. He was an embarrassment sitting there in, yeah. in the same room as them. Smarmy and sort of. Yeah. It's all about Gineb for me. I love it. Yeah. I thought he was I good in the Walker's Christmas. I believe I'm all. Anyway, I, 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 
happy, on that happy note, Walker's there. Christmas I just hope he doesn't. On that happy note, we're going to go to a break. Uh, there will be some decorum here. I know it's a podcast <laughs> and it's in my bunker, but uh, we, we still will keep to time. All right? Okay, now... Uh, Okay, uh, we will be carrying all this on after the break. You'll be delighted to hear if you haven't switched off already. And uh, we're going to be asking, is there enough left in the Chelsea tank? The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast. And uh, we're now in part two, and we're going to talk about the uh, Chelsea QPR game in a little bit more depth. Uh, and I think the first thing really to talk about, which I kind of said in the in the intro to the show, really um, horrible game, great result. Um, I saw some uh, actually talking about how crap most pundits are, Clive. There was actually, even though it was uh, Trevor Sinclair and uh, Philip Neville, I do think they made one good point on uh, match of the day two last night, and that, and that was, you know, with with Drogba playing, there was no pace up front, and with no pace up front. There was no outlet, which meant the midfield got very, very compacted. Now, you know, I watched the game on TV, which I absolutely hate. Uh, so, you know, because when you're at the game, you get a yep. really good overview of it. But was was is that what it appeared to you? It in the first half, we had Chelsea attacking our end because of the switch around, thanks to Peter Cech and the Sun. It was evident that when the balls were being put up for Drogba in the past, he would have taken them beaten the defender and got past mm. the defenders were beating him to the ball mm. he isn't as fast as he was mm. he's lost that yard or two of pace mm. which is inevitable when he's 37 which is really old looking around this room well the age is one <laughs> part of it the other yeah. part of it is he hasn't been playing and for any yeah. player of any age that's difficult and we've always said in the past that Jobber needs games to get up to yeah. the level that he, he he's like an old Volvo isn't he you know he, he's like you know a bit rusty he's got the body of know. a 20 year old He's kind of what, a twenty-year-old Volvo. I don't, I don't know about much about cars, but when they misfire a bit and you get that puff of smoke coming out of the exhaust, you know, but he's a bit like. Actually, do you know what? I've got a much better analogy. When I, when, when, uh, just after I was married, actually, Sarah had a, a, a brilliant job at a bank, and got paid, you know, in the city in the good old days, and and, and she. This is a good story, actually. I'm gonna, I'm gonna milk this for all it's worth. Right. <laughs> okay. She basically. I miss part, those diaries. Yeah. She, she basically, as part of her package, uh, decided that her company car should be a Beamer. All right. I remember that. And uh, she ordered this very nice, pretty little white Beamer, and uh, annoyingly, they dropped it, uh, and they were craning it onto the boat at Hamburg, and and you know that therefore created a huge delay. Anyway. I don't know if I wonder what the legalities are. You've got a big maroon one. I I know, because I'm getting there. I'm just wondering what the legalities of this story are. Hmm. Let me. I'm not going to say where she works. So don't I mention okay. the bank. Yeah, if I, if don't I, mention the bank and try and tell the truth. Those are two good things to Yeah, stop. but if I tell the truth, I could, I could end up getting <laughs> Your lawyer sued. says. That's Basically, bottom line is, is that she couldn't have her Beamer and she was very cross because it was supposed to be part of her package. Anyway, one of the directors at company who shall not be named uh, basically was found one morning with his pants around his ankles uh, in his boss's office having pissed on the boss's desk 
because he was very drunk the night before and didn't like his boss. And he, he owned a Beamer, which was a maroon saloon, as we used to call it. And Sarah inherited said... said I hope uh, it was an upgrade Beamer. from the one she was due to get. Oh, yeah. It was a seven... Oh, it was a seven five, series. No, five, it was five, a five series. series Beamer. Yeah. And, I, and I got to drive this around, and I'm like, you know, I don't know money at all. So, you know, this is, this is like... You know, gold dust. When I first met you, you were driving around. There we that? go. Yeah. So I was driving around in '96. Yeah, in this huge, yeah, in this huge Beamer. It had a had a ten uh, disc CD player in there. Ten. Wow. Yeah, wow. man. It was the, that's your whole record collection. I know. That. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant. So, uh, and I, you know, I was really into Oasis at the time. It was '96. You know, so very incongruous. Five. Uh, should you be admitting that? Yeah, because really? yeah. in '96 they were still great. I guess you don't know back in anger now, do you? This was this was uh, this was in the days. <laughs> the of city what's the was morning, still shit. What's yeah. <laughs> these were the days. Parker jackets, these were, Oasis. These were the days of what's the uh, what's Storm the story, morning, morning glory? You know, mm. blah blah. So Oasis were hot then, and you know, very incongruous, like yeah, middle-aged middle. man's car. Fight, and there's this like still quite young bloke drive, going very fast. Well, I say very fast. We'll get to that. Blaring out ice like in Soho, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, the bottom line was, you're on the motorway in this car, or you're at a traffic light. This car was so heavy and actually quite under, underpowered it being a five-series Beamer. You could, you'd get burnt off by a 2CV. You know, it was very, very <laughs> But once, once, you know, after about 20 minutes when it had got, got up to speed, it would, like, piss on everything. But it was just, it was, it was a very slow starter, you know, because it was heavy. Drogba is like that Beamer. There you go. I, got, I knew there'd be a punchline oh, in there somewhere. Oh. So that's where it was oh, going. Well, oh, yeah. good, I wonder good, good. where that story was going. Oh, yes. yeah. Sorry, people. You lost me at hello. I enjoyed the story. Anyway. Well, is he yeah. into Oasis as well, then? Oh, I don't know. You better ask him. I think he's more into I, a bit of rap music, isn't he? Probably. Yeah. 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 I think Drogba was there to do a job. We, we know he's past his best. I think Jose knows he's past his best. But a game where you need leaders, you need a spine perfect role for Jogba he came in he did the job as I said earlier towards the end of the game he was back in midfield heading balls away being Jogba you know what Dan I'm glad you said that because I, I, I think I think a little bit of perspective uh, needs to be placed upon the whole Jogba issue uh, you know he is not the player that he was his legs have gone everybody knows that but he, as you said he, he did a job it's very interesting actually you know because I did kind of look back through Twitter uh, you know when I got back and, and watched the game and you know, a lot of people getting on his case, getting really kind of, you know, antsy about him. Yeah. Saying, ah, I never play with Chelsea again. Nah. And they got, get very but, kind of overreactions on Twitter, it, don't they? But Is it his fault that no. Remy's injured? Is it his fault that Costa's well, exactly. injured? But that's he came in to do a job and he yeah, did absolutely. the best job he did. He did some, he could, he did the best he could do. He was defending, he was playing in midfield, he was going up front as well. At the end of the game, he was the first person to the Chelsea end, yeah. kissing yeah. his badge and everything. Mm. And pe- kissing his what? Badge. badge. Just, and defenders still fear him. He's still, yeah. he's still a, f- a huge physical specimen, so he may not have the, the pace, but he gave those defenders a hard game, irrespective of his. You know, I mean, the thing about drugs, and and I, and I, I mean, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, that there's a, a very interesting issue here with drugs is that it, it 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 takes him, as it would actually take people who are ten years younger than him, possibly two or three games to get match fit and match sharp, and that's a very different thing to being fit. And if you remember when he came in in the autumn, you know, it, it was the same. He was absolutely, I mean, I think he played against the, in, in the United game. He, he scored in that game, didn't he? But he, he, he was pretty shocking. But actually, once he'd had two or three games under his belt, he started playing really, really well. And he, he actually, his goals to game ratio around that time is still very, very good. As I said earlier, that, that's the same with any player, yeah. regardless of age. If you haven't been playing, you, you, you can't just jump in and do it. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it it, it takes time. To, you need minutes. 
Yeah, well, Costa really didn't take a while. No, when, he... when he came back for suspension. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. You know, and it it's, did it's, take it's, him a while. It's sharpness. Yeah. It's match fitness and sharpness. And they are actually quite similar players because they both rely on their physicality. I mean, what I would say about Drogba is I think that, uh, you know, one thing that has gone forever is, is that explosiveness that he had. I mean, mm. in, in his prime, what you would always see was that, you know, in a, in a one-on-one with a defender, he would just muscle and speed past and then control the ball and put it away. So that's gone. And, and I think with that goes the goal threat that you had from Drogba. But what I would say, and I've been saying all season actually, is that you know his touch has not deserted him. He's still got great touch, and he's still got a great brain. And actually, it was really interesting to see Mourinho pretty much say the same thing. And I think Mourinho was incredibly uh, praiseworthy of Drogba after uh, his performance yesterday. He did a job for the team. He held the ball up, and you know it's 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 his experience it's his gray matter that he brings to the game now and I, you know i think he could still do a job well he said today that he's not going to retire at the end of the season yeah so but it's where he goes yeah oh, that's a question i mean do you, do you think do you think uh you know do you think that is a, a do you, i mean do you think we'll pick him up next year or let him it, go it depends on the role he'll be playing if it's going to be to stay on the playing staff and come in for one or two games here or there where he's needed, but to be playing more of a coaching role, an ambassadorial role, why not? Yeah, I'd like to see him stay at the club smart, that's for sure. I, I would. I can't see him signing in for another year as a player, no. though. I, I'd be, I would be a bit... I think, you know, if, one, if, if, if the situation that we are in right now, which is that we are, you know, seven games away from winning the title, this really is the business end of the season, and suddenly our two best strikers are, are injured... And you're now left with a guy who, let's be honest, you know, he's, he's past his sell he's by past date. His sell let's by be honest, date. yeah, you know, and that just shows you how vulnerable we are in the striking department up here. Yeah. And, can and you, we can cannot ma- see that happen again next season. Can you imagine if we were still in the Champions League and the FA Cup? Yeah, it would be absolute... we'd be stuffed, man. Yeah. 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 So I, I mean, you know, it was very interesting actually. A lot of the well, we'd media... be calling back Bamford or somebody. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's very interesting that a lot of the media were talking about it today, saying that you know we'll we'll go out and spend big on strikers next this summer. It'll be interesting to see if we do. This kind of begs another point actually, which I, which was doing the rounds on Twitter as well. Uh, uh, Izzy Brown was uh, recalled back from the uh, under nineteen squad, wasn't he? Because yeah. they're playing. Yeah. Up. Yeah. Actually, we should say that. Champions of Europe, we know what we are. Yeah, well done to the under-19s yeah. for winning their version of the European Cup. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. And Great, uh, brilliant. Actually, round of applause. We're the only youth in London with the European Cup. We're the only youth in London with the European Cup. We're the only youth in London. Only youth in London. Only youth in London with the European Cup. Well done, smart. So well done yeah. to them. But I mean, it was. In, I mean, I was surprised that Solanke didn't get recalled. As I thought he was the next in line. But instead, yeah. Izzy Brown was. But that aside, you know, I was surprised that Mourinho wouldn't risk one of them. Why not? But, uh, the reason he didn't risk him, I think, is because he was meant to be playing today and he brought okay. him back as an emergency. Yeah. If Drogba had right. been injured, he, right. might have been, he might have gone. Think- People were screaming for him to come on because... I, in the last, we needed something. So, didn't Drogba we? was absolutely on out on his yeah. feet. Oh, of course he was, and blowing out his ass, mate. Yeah. That's the one way to put yeah. it. Yeah, but the reason. How that... do you blow out of your ass? Is that, isn't, that, isn't that a fart? I think what, just, uh, something I like mean, that. Do you yes. want to draw your picture? <laughs> <laughs> please, please don't show us yeah. just now. It's a small room. I don't want a physical. <laughs> Sorry, I think, I think Izzy Brands also got a bit more. He can play like attacking midfield as well. That's why they probably brought yeah. him back. He's he did say that. You know, Jose said that he didn't want to bring Izzy Brown on because he's more of a winger than a striker. Yeah. 
fair enough. They need to make up numbers. That's probably the only reason. I, I think actually Clive's point is is an incredibly valid one. Is actually God, that's no. I, know. I feel validated. Now. It's all right. Remember, remember, this is your first show with me. It can only yeah. get worse. From I'm, I'm only ever nice for the first show, you know. But no, I think it is a really valid point actually, because frankly, yeah, we, we probably didn't need them for for today, and, and to have played yeah. them yesterday would have would have scuppered that. So fair enough. I just think it. I, I sometimes I just get the impression that that Mourinho is just not prepared to to risk s- some of these youngsters. Well, he, I mean, having said that, and somebody said this, I was reading this somewhere today, but you know, it would be interesting to see what Jose does when he has absolutely no choice. But of course, we've already seen that because when we had to play Liverpool last year up at Anfield, he had no choice. So he put in uh, Callas and he put in Anders, uh, Anderson? Christensen. 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 Yeah. Hans Christian Anderson. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Weird. Anyway, you know, he did play He did play youngsters there. He was in the team today, wasn't he? Uh, <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of torn between is Jose really that, uh, you know, stubborn and not willing to risk young players or actually he'll only do it when he absolutely has to which is kind of the same thing I don't know um, anyway moving on uh, a couple of other things I mean I thought I mean you know I think we should give some credit where it's due and I thought actually QPR considering their limited uh, resources and players actually did exactly what they had I think Chris Ramsey's actually made a big difference to how they play but you know they fought for everything Clive absolutely yeah. fought for everything how much was the fact... I mean, a lot of people have talked about this, about the pitch not being watered and very, very bobbly. And it was also very windy, apparently. Did that make much of a it difference? Was windy. It Talk, was windy. Talking of for blowing out your <laughs> ass. I mean, was Darren there? <laughs> from where we... He, he probably Is that, was. Was that what that caused the wind? probably yeah. was. From where we were, you couldn't tell that there was that much yeah. wind. But as I put in my weather forecast, there was quite a strong wind blowing. About, it's been about 20 miles an hour or something, which is a stiff quite, That's quite a... Yeah. yeah. Um, it couldn't see what the, we got in fairly late, so I didn't see whether they were watering the pitch or not. But presumably they didn't. No, so why did. would they? No, they deliberately didn't. Yeah. A lot of the media and the ex-players were all going on about, oh, you know, they didn't water. Well, they'd have to pay the canny, isn't it? They'd have to pay the water bill, didn't they? I mean, yeah. You can't sell the tickets. How can but you also, afford that, water to water the pitch. But before they put the plastic pitch down, that pitch was always so waterlogged yeah. and heavy. Yeah. Was, I don't know why. It's nowhere near the river. It's just QPR. Is it? It's damp. Yeah. Had a <laughs> I think you mean wet. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, moist. No, that no, work no, so no. Well. That doesn't work in any way. Wet. We'll settle for wet. All right. But it's their supporters that were the oh, most offensive thing. Uh, we're yesterday. going to do oh, that part. Th- oh good. I know you're desperate to oh. coat off the QPR <laughs> fans, Clive, but we, that's what part three is all about. All Jolly right? good. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it, I, I was listening. I listened to the first half an hour on the radio, and I was travelling up to to. Um, Burnham, which is where I went, but um, they were mentioning the wind an awful lot there, and I think you know Courtois got Aspie got caught out by a, a high cross. Uh, so did Courtois. Yeah. So they were, cl- you know, it clearly made some difference. And you know, I think that all kind. Of, I mean, you know, always a difficult game yeah. for Chelsea up there. And actually, yeah. this is something I forgot to write in the script, but or maybe I didn't. Hang on, I better look at the next page. Make sure I didn't write it there. Uh, no, um, that's the first time we've beaten QPR since 1996 at Loftus Road. Yeah. How about that? Mm. We haven't actually won there very much. We the haven't F- played there that often. Do we not win the FA Cup a couple of years ago? We're talking league. We did beat them in, in one of the we cups. We did, yes, we yeah. did. Yeah. Matter, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, I can't remember if it was FA Cup or League Cup. League. We're we're t- one I'm, of the talking, cups. I'm talking oh, the league. Yeah. I'm talk- Paul Furlong, 1996, scored the win. No, I think yeah, that's the orange and kits. I'm talking off the horrible I've got one at home with Frank Sinclair on the back. I'm talking off the top of my head, but it's something like three wins in. 14 games against them yeah. up there or something I mean, in we, the league something we, like that in other words in recent history we haven't done very well there and in very very recent history obviously we know we haven't 
Um, and you know, it's a small ground. It, because it's small, it can be intimidating. Although I refuse to, it, I, I refuse. Don't worry, Clive. I refuse <laughs> to buy into this whole media bullshit of the fact that it's hostile. How can eighteen thousand Muppets be hostile? I'm sorry. Well, it depends know, what go, they throw go, at you. Go and play. <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay. okay, what's more hostile? Uh, the Camp Nou with 90,000 Barca fans in it or Loftus Road with 18,000 Muppets but, in it? Millwall's going to be But is hostile. that actually like, like public speaking? Some people get a lot more scared about speaking to half a dozen people than they would mm. to 6,000. Do you know how it's many people you're personal. speaking to tonight, Clive? At least twenty-seven. Yeah, that, that's much more yeah. intimidating, isn't it? That's much more intimidating than speaking. When to they listen 60, to the podcast, 000. it will yeah. be like sixty thousand, but yeah. it doesn't matter then because you're not. But lying. it's easier when you're when you're in front of the Noy Camp. You have got ninety thousand people who just blend into nothing. Yeah, but you say Whereas that. Whereas at, at Loftus Road, you see yeah, the individuals. All right. you, you say that, and I, I I spoke to a lot of ex-players about mm. this. And uh, when Chelsea played Barcelona in the quarter-final in nineteen ninety-nine, yeah, all right, and we were two 0 up, mm. weren't we? Uh, we had three, two, three yeah, one on three one. Yeah. yeah, so we we should have we should have done that. We should have done them. Uh, there were half the Chelsea players were literally shitting themselves before they went on. They were that yeah. nervous and that intimidated. But also, it's the position they were getting to. Maybe it was you know, the pressure of the moment yeah. rather yeah. than the ground. I accept that. Um, anyway, listen. Um, the thing is, we have been digging out these wins. In fact, that I think the last three games we won by the odd goal. Uh, I don't think we've actually played massively well. For not the last since Swansea. No, we haven't. Not since Swansea. But this is how champions win titles. I mean, when, yeah. when, when Man United used to do this every year. And Liverpool all, before then. And yeah. Liverpool before them, absolutely. They a lot were all, of 1-0s. Yep, and 1-0 one, one to the Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. They, were, they were always lauded for this. So it is how champions do it. But, I mean, I think the thing is, are, 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 we, are we worried by the recent performances and, and in fact, form, Dan? Because we are, you know, it really counts now going forward. I'm a little concerned about the form, but we're getting the results. We're not playing the pretty football, but ultimately it's results-based business and we've won th- four and spin away from home. Yeah. We're not yeah. playing pretty, but a Jose team would always eke out results. But what worries me, Dan, is that um, when you're not playing well and your form is pretty poor and the performances are matching it, and okay, at the moment we're digging out results, we're winning them by the old goal, but the trouble is for me... That's leaving quite a lot to chance. You know, one bad refereeing decision, one injury, one penalty giving against you can screw you totally because yeah. actually you're not playing well enough to recover from that. That's what uh, worries me. Great to a point, but if you look at our two big games coming up, we're in a position now where we don't have to win them both. There's no pressure on us going to either game against United or Arsenal. I'm going to do the big start. Have you seen my spreadsheet? No. You didn't? I emailed I didn't, you. I didn't, I, have, I didn't oh, print it off. Oh, man, I did some work today. Oh. I'm going to tease this now. Can, I'm we, a, can we? Can we? I am. Hang on. Before you, let me show from what we were talking let, about. Let me yeah. tease yeah. the audience. Let me yeah. tease the audience. I, you know, I like to give him a little bit of a tease. Fluffer. Your uncle Chidge, exactly. And I think Martin's the fluffer, and that's more worrying. <laughs> uh, but you know, I have done a spreadsheet uh, which kind of works out when we're going to win the title, and I'm going to say no more about it until the next yeah. part. Anyway, yeah, I'll just, I'll just say we're in a position now. We're seven points clear. We've got two big games up against our rivals. And we don't we don't need to win them. No, we just don't. Purely based on you are actually I can confirm without ruining my my spreadsheet that you are correct. Yeah. I'm I'm concerned about the performances, but I'm not concerned because we've got the best man in charge, and I think we will we will win the league. It's just a case of when. Yeah. And okay. I think we'll also have 
a couple of I, really I, big performances before the season's are out. You, are you worried by the? Performance I, I don't have a I don't have a problem with grinding out results like we have been. You like a bit. Of I agree with you. I agree with you. It's risky and all the rest. Of it. But what do you do about it? If you're the manager, what do you do about? It? What go are you going to do? Go out and play better, lads. I mean, you know what? What are you going to say to them? We need Frankie to say. No, look, not Frankie to say. I think there's Frankie Vasoni on it. What are you going to do, Frankie? I think there's another factor. Look at the, the opposition that's been in the last five games when we haven't played very well. They've all been rubbish. It's all, yeah. Exactly. And it's much harder for the yeah. players to motivate. And when, they're, when they're playing Man U at home, Arsenal away, they'll be right up for it and, and you'll see a difference. And there's yeah. another difference in those games is that Man United have to win. Mm. Arsenal Correct. have to win. Mm. We yeah. can afford to lose those two games. We can play... Hey, like- hey, hey. Enough. We're going to do this next yeah. part. You're, you're, oh, you're, sorry. Yeah. You're, yeah. <laughs> I'm just getting ahead Premature of articulation, as I like to call it. But I'm telling you, they're plat. <laughs> you are, you cupid stunt. <laughs> anyway, um, I am a bit worried about it because, as I, for the reasons that I, that I suggested, we, obviously the boys don't don't share that worry. No, we we need to lose twice as many games as we've lost all season up to now in yep. the last seven games. Right. That's the reality. Listen, I tell, you know, going back to the performances and the form and everything else, I think you know, I think one of the reasons, perhaps, why uh, it may have gone a bit south is that they are looking a bit leggy and tired. I mean, they did look a bit leggy and tired yesterday. And I think, okay, you can account for, for, the, for the... You know, a lot, of, a lot of passes were going astray, which is not something you associate with this side. I know the pitch was bobbly. I know it was windy. And I know that QPR got in their faces all the time. But, I, but it's, that, that, for me, is a sign of mental tiredness. When you're making mistakes, the unforced men- errors, if you But like. the other side to it is that, if you notice, we were being clobbered all the time. Yeah. The referee was... Among the worst we've seen this season. It didn't come across on the television because the commentators, when I watched it later, just breezed over it. But the number of outrageous minor decisions that he made all added up. But you didn't see one Chelsea player complaining on any of them. They kept their discipline yesterday like anything. And Mourinho didn't complain. That's mental strength that Uh, keeps that. And Mourinho didn't complain afterwards either. No. And the huge, huge boost I'll get by winning that game in the last minute that's that sends oh, yeah. up another level that just absolutely do you, know, do you know what I love most about about winning that game in the last minute is the fact that you know Arsenal have played Burnley which you know you would have said was quite a tricky game for them because mm. Burnley are no mugs as we know uh, and they, 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 you know, Arsenal dug that out. They, they played well. I mean, they didn't play brilliantly. No, they didn't. They, they, they didn't play that no, Hang on, well. hang on. Hear me out. Hear me out. I mean, for what I'm saying is for, for, for the soft-centred Arsenal sides that we know and love, they did well to dig it out and get a scrappy, nasty, horrible, yeah. dirty 1-0. Yeah. You know, which is not what you associate with them. So after them doing that, they would have been on an absolute high Thinking, and I mean, you know, a lot of people were saying in the media, Chelsea, bit vulnerable to QPR here. Could, it could, you know, the, they could lose this. They, so Arsenal's hopes are right up at the max, and then we we dig out a nasty, yeah. horrible, dirty penultimate last winning. minute one 0 yeah. That's the ultimate fuck yeah. off to Arsenal. And frankly. Fabregas puts the boot in the last minute. Yeah. Going back to the game when we beat Everton in the last minute. Again, when well, City were out in our tails, that's another kick in the teeth for City. They don't think they recovered from that because when Williams scored in the last minute, City at Everton have gone, mate, haven't they? But no, but they were out in our tails. We beat yeah. Everton one 0 in the last minute. I mean, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? City have absolutely gone. Liverpool have They've basically, imploded. Basically, yeah. totally gone. imploded. You know, uh, Arsenal. Are, I, I still think Arsenal are the main threat because United are another point uh, behind. Yeah. I'm doing next part. It's terrible, isn't it? But basically, I see Arsenal as the threat. So I think it must have been very demoralising, not just for them but for their fans, the fact that we dug out that result. Bottom line is, we did dig it out, uh, and uh, you know we're still seven points clear with the game in hand. I like yeah. those odds. We're going to talk a lot more about this in the next part. Uh, and uh, apart from that, we're going to be saying 
Good riddance to bad rubbish that is QPR. We're basically going to do a hatchet job on QPR, and then we're going to continue it because we're going to be talking to Clive all about Driver on the Wing, which is the hilarious column that he writes for the uh, Chelsea supporters group every week on uh, on what the weather will be like at Chelsea, which is uh, basically the biggest euphemism in football because mm-hmm. it's basically Clive's excuse to be very rude about the opposition fans and is the funniest it thing. It's brilliant. I mean, we know a lot of the Chelsea writers now, don't we, Smart? We do. But I have to say, Clive's writing in Driver in the Wing is beyond doubt the funniest uh, and the cleverest in many respects. Uh, and then, as I keep saying, because I've been teasing it for the most of this part, we are actually going to mathematically discuss when Chelsea... We're going to tell you, you the listener... Exactly when and what match Chelsea are going to win the title in. I can't wait. We'll be back in a minute. See you in a sec. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. We're back live, uh, and this is Stanford Chidge, and of course this is the Chelsea Fancast, and uh, I was reading a few uh, a few of your uh, posts on Mixler, which were quite funny. Most of them were about me going to the loo and having my mic on still. I didn't. Uh, we, we'll take a picture of uh, where we're seated in a minute and prove to you that we're not radio mic We're back to the old style mics. Um, some people were, there we go, Deb said, did Chidge take the mic to the loo? No, I didn't. <laughs> Stop spreading awful slanderous things. Uh, Andy, turn your mic off, Chidge. No, I haven't got a mic on. Uh, there are lots of other great stuff here. People, let me just have a quick spin through. Mike Harvey says, concerned about the form, uh, these guys are learning that even on bad form, if they work hard, they will still be in a position to win. I think that's very sensible. Uh, in Jose, we trust, says Zuriel. Uh, Tyler Lockman says, hello. Hello, Tyler Lockman. There we go. Anyway, uh, no, I think this is a good, very good comment by Anirban Batacharji. I hope I pronounced that right, Anirban. Anyway, he says, I love the way pretty, how pretty much everybody in the media said the goal was gifted to us by Rob Green. I think that's a really valid point, actually, yeah. because we didn't even yeah. mention that. It's, and it's, not, it's a valid point that the media said that. It's not a valid point that the media made, I don't think. No, that's what I mean. Yeah. It's that it's we just... all said that it was brilliance by... Ha- one moment of brilliance yeah. by Hazard, yeah. Oscar and Fabregas. We had nothing about the green. The, even, even the QPR managers, Ramsey said that, that they had time to defend it after yeah, that mistake. Three phases later, it was a goal. Sorry. Anyway, uh, back to the show, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really enjoy. I mean, you are all going to really enjoy this bit because I know you have jolly good. You haven't read the bloody script before, like I told you to. I have. Um, I did. I've printed it out. I've marked it up. I've done everything. I'm a lawyer for God's you, sake. You printed it out. Did you read it? Of course I did. It's because you were a lawyer. I did I try and read the spreadsheet on my phone, but when you can only see three cells at a time, it's yeah, a bit I do tricky. need. Mm. I don't need the spreadsheet yet. That's coming up later. Don't right. panic. This is basically how to coat off QPR, or as I said, QPR. Good riddance to bad rubbish. Uh, first thing I want to talk about, really, is the police presence. What on earth was that all about, It was Clive? huge. Ridiculous. And for some reason, every policeman now... They're, all right, they, it's a long time since they started looking younger. But now, they've all got this kind of hair on their faces. There wasn't one clean-shaven policeman there, not even the policemen that were women. <laughs> and they're all wearing these... They had these little baseball caps on with long peaks. Yeah. A bit oh, like yeah. the Burberry ones yeah, from yeah, about yeah. ten years ago. They're the football hooligan yeah. police. Well, they with, with the long... And they, they were carrying their helmets like Cameron on his bicycle. So hang on, the women, the women police were carrying the men policemen's helmets? They were, all their own, I'm not sure. They might have been carrying both. But it was, there were lots of them. 
And there was one little altercation we saw going into the ground where there were two policewomen trying to argue with about a dozen or so male football supporters. And then a little about 20 yards further down, there were five male policemen standing there just casually watching these two women having to face. It was bizarre. But it seems to me, I mean, you know, obviously on the, on the supporters' trust and stuff like that, we, we uh, you know, fairly on top of what on earth is going on with this. But everybody that's in the know were incredibly surprised by the huge police presence. And I, I remember t- having a bit of a Twitteridge with, with Dan Levine about the fact that, uh, you know, they had the ASBO thing uh, in yeah. place. And if you farted in the wrong place, you could be kicked out of the borough. You know, and I was glibly going on Twitter saying that if the police film you, film them back because they can't do anything about it, apparently. But that, that we don't They'd know. They probably do, you know, for an asbirth, or at least kick you out of the ground. Well, I know, but I mean, why? 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 Because we, we you know, we're not going to, uh, you know, I mean, you know, we don't give a shit about QPR. I mean, they get a bit kind of upset about us, but, you know, are we, are we worried by a few QPR chaps wandering down South Africa Road? No, we're really. not. It's probably more prevention rather than... A cure. It just seems but, really yeah. well out but of order. Well, what though? So well, there was well, nothing... just, there's a whole toxic atmosphere with the um, Ferdinand Terry incident, and were they just, yeah. were they just listening for for racial abuse from the players or something? Who knows? I just, yeah. just yeah. really pathetic. Um, I, I wonder where they were, of course, when uh, Matic, Fabregas, and Brana got pelted with coins and bottles and God lighters. Knows what else and lighters. Yeah. You yeah. know, at the uh, after after they scored the goal in the in the in the goal celebration. Yeah, and there's actually no. pictures on Twitter of guys chucking things. And one get, one came onto the pitch, but yeah. the stewards. They definitely got him. hit because you could see yeah. Brana holding his head afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. And you clearly see who's doing it because the picture of him on Twitter. Picture of it in the Times. You can see Martin, uh, that, that is a, I wish this was still on video because Martin had one of those wonderful seminal senior moments where he wanted to go and reach for something. Which My was, jacket. Yeah. Which <laughs> is hanging, which is hanging Re- inside realized, the front door. Realised that if he did that, he wouldn't be near the mic. So he was like caught in mid. What do I do now? Well, you, <laughs> you, no, you trained me well, Cheech. I did. I have. Yeah. I just thought. I mean, you know, I thought. I thought Jose's comment about the, the coin throwing was absolutely priceless. In fact, he basically mm-hmm. dedicated it to the DJ, didn't he? Mm. You know, yeah. everybody it, needs only a pound. A pound. <laughs> everybody needs only a pound. Yeah. But he made light of it, which I thought was very, very good. Um, but it, it's just pathetic. And there's a lot said about Chelsea's uh, players celebrating in front of QPR. Well, where fans. else are they going to celebrate? That's where they scored yeah. the goal. Yeah. yeah, It wasn't over the top. They weren't it wasn't over the top. And the fact that yeah. they're state stands so near to the yeah, pitch exactly. anyway, they didn't even go off the they pitch. They weren't gesticulating to fans. Is, I mean, there no. isn't even room around the edge of that pitch on the apron. To, to get a decent run-up for Branagh to do his long throw. Right. That was hilarious. I mean, if we yeah. were still doing salary moments. In fact, actually, we're going to do a salary moment right now because uh, there are there are certainly, I think, certainly two nominations that I can think of. One is Branagh leaning right back into the QPR crowd mm. and smirking as they were all abusing him. The other is, I think it was Aspie and Drogba they both basically right on the touchline, and they both booted the ball in succession at the at the QPR player. It was almost like bullying. It was hilarious, <laughs> and they both basically gave each other a great big kind of high five after. And there were actually quite a lot of funny moments in that yeah. game, which which we've passed us by because we don't need salary moments. So for those of you who need their fix of salary, there we go. There's two nominations. Um, the only other, th- and this is actually almost worthy of a salary moment nomination too, actually. But there's a lovely footage in a vine of a QPR fan leaping over the barrier to make a charge at the Chelsea players celebrating then Keane thought better of it when he realised he was about to confront Branner and Matic yeah. <laughs> it's like, it always like begging the stewards to like stop away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for McDonald's maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery you in? order now on the McDonald's app 
At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all... No more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Him, so he didn't make a complete twat of himself, <laughs> which of course he already had done by being a QPR Absolutely. fan. Absolutely. Um, now, uh, good segue there. Uh, I know. You know that I'm gagging for this. I mean, the point is that QPR really are an absolute mongfest of a club. Let's be honest, scum. It's, to be fair to them, there's always that kid in the playground who wanted to be different. Yeah. And well, I'd, so actually, not, normally I would applaud that. I, I'd be yeah, all a different but, answer, I but, but these ones, they thought, oh, we're going to be different. I'm not, not going to go with the other kids and support Chelsea. I'm going to support QPR. Yeah, yeah but I think there's... there's As a, though wiki, a licking windows wasn't exactly. being different enough. <laughs> there's, a di- there's an essential difference here. Because, I mean, I, I, I totally and utterly applaud and embrace anybody who, you know, dares to be different. It's what I've always mm. tried to do. Oh. But I think the trouble with QPR fans, they... They didn't do it with, with with a good, honest intention. For them, it was they're so stupid. They just didn't realise how dumb it would be. And they're to be trying different. too hard to be different. They can't be exactly. different naturally. But if you're going to pick a club in West London, I mean, obviously Chelsea's the first choice. But who would you go for next? I would have thought Brentford. Oh yeah, but, yeah. but then, Awfully. but then, well, I've got a secret. Brentford, love for Brentford, to be honest. But but then, you know, there's a good chance that QPR will avoid playing either Brentford or Fulham yeah. next season. But yeah. then again. We might, yeah. we might be, we might, we might be saying all this about Brentford next year. We no, I've got, I've got a soft spot for no, Brentford. I have too. I yeah. always have had, and and it, it, you know, when we went there um, in the cup a couple of years ago, one of the fondest memories I have uh, of Brentford is we 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 basically went back to the Prince of Wales pub on the corner afterwards, and and took it over, and and there were a lot of Brentford fans in there, and they all had their kind of Brentford songs on there, and we were just singing anyway. Whatever mm. we wanted to sing, and in the end, they just the, the pub just gave up, and they started putting Chelsea songs on, and the Brentford fans joined in. And I thought, well, you know, yeah, fair yeah, you know, fair enough. I thought I, that was good. I heard very sadly that one of the four pubs has closed. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're all going to go, aren't they? Because they're building a new ground, yeah. which is even more sad because it's a lovely little mm. ground. Now, um, QPR. The bottom line about QPR. I did a bit of research here, smart. You, you, this, this, I did a spreadsheet, but this is not a published one. All right, but anyway, uh, they've always been a championship club. It's a club. secret spreadsheet. They've all, it's a secret spreadsheet club. Uh, spreadsheet. Uh, they've always been a championship club. I mean, they didn't even get into the first division 
until the late 60s after they won the League Cup, which, by the way, is their one and only trophy in 67. Did come it? second in the old first division. Well, I'm once. getting there. I'm getting there. I'm get, don't ruin my script. Uh, anyway, um, they were only in there once and they got relegated again. So and they were in the third division for, for most of the mm. you know, 50s. So they're, they're absolutely beyond shit until Alex Stock turned up. Um, as you said, um, you know, when they got into the first division and stayed there for a while and actually did come second in 1976, I believe, mm. wasn't it? Something like that. Yeah. Why? Because they had an ex-Chelsea manager as their manager, Dave Sexton. <laughs> you know, so we can take credit for that. Um, they've always had... Uh, I mean, their capacity is 18,000, which is which is a championship-sized ground. Yes, that's unfair to some champions. Well, no, no, I, I did teams. my research here, Clive. Okay. I, did the, I went on the Football League website, and the average uh, attendance in, in uh, you know, what is the Skybet Championship is 18,000. That's the average attendance when you've got places like Leeds and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sunderland not selling attendance. out. Oh, sorry, Sunderland's yes, the average attendance. Aren't, aren't QPR's yet, well. attendance is, is 80,000. Mm. They are a championship drive. I mean, basically, they've always been the bridesmaid. Well, never if they the, fill it. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll get on to that. I mean, they've always been the bridesmaid, never the bride. They've always been in our, in our shadow. Now, another bit of research I did. This is brilliant, actually. The Daily Mail, uh, or the Mail Online, uh, did a brilliant thing a week or two ago about... Um, big clubs and how one decides whether you're a big club or not and and, you know they didn't do a hatchet job they actually tried to be quite reasonable about it and I I, I haven't got a link for this annoyingly so you just have to ferret it out just google daily mail big clubs and it'll (laughs) it'll turn up now I'd do a comparison of Chelsea and QPR here and and they did the the, I haven't done all the measurements because the other ones are uh, player quality and income which are I think a bit spurious the ones that count Okay, on, on average crowd size through their whole lifetime of being a club, QPR are 36th. Uh, yeah, so that would put them in like the lower reaches of Division 2. Yeah. Uh, or, or in old money. Chelsea, third. Uh, mm. In uh, global fan base, QPR, 16th. Chelsea, second. Mm. Uh, in trophies, well, we know they've only ever won one trophy. They're 40th. Chelsea are the fifth. You know, we we you know in in the league table of who's won trophies yeah. how many we're actually equal fourth with Villa, so that's a bit of a spurious. Yeah. And one. we'll move ahead of them, and we will very soon. Yeah. We will, we will, we will. Uh, an average league finish. I think this is this is a real telltale thing because this really sorts the men out from the boys. Yeah. Uh, they are in fortieth position in terms of their average league positions, which is bottom of the championship. Yeah, yeah. bearing out bearing mm. out what I'm saying. We are we are seventh. You know, which takes account of when we were crap quite yeah. happily, but you know. I just thought that that was a really interesting barometer. So all this bile and hatred that, that well, I can understand it. It all comes from jealousy, obviously. <laughs> yeah. But you know how they how they have the temerity. You know, West London is ours. And, and they fuck talk off. Well, and they talk about ours. being real fans. I never understood that. Well, real fans means that they have to support a shit side. Oh, I see. That's but what does, real fans. Does that mean means. they have to sit like that? Absolute idiot. The sombrero who, man. Who's been there for I don't know how many years. Grand With his sombrero. Then he brings out his carrier bag, white plastic white, carrier bag. Ah, well, of course. Segue, brings out his white plastic carrier bag. He's got a rattle in there. He's got a horn in there. Oh, God. God knows what else he had in there. Maybe they could see Westfield is theirs. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it <laughs> well, is. Well, that was though. his bag of ammunition for throwing on the pitch. <laughs> I've got to read this out. Because we got to get him on the programme, actually. The last time I saw CFC away in the pub, he, he did tell me... <laughs> He did tell me that he mm. would be... Now Now we're back doing it properly and we're doing it in, in, in the old bunker in, in the flat in Pimlico that he might consider coming on. And when you hear a tweet like this, you'll understand why I desperately want this man on the show. <laughs> he just said, Ah, oh, first time I've listened for yonks. Glad Chidge didn't take a dump then. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of, I don't know. Yeah. 
Would I do that in the middle sum, of a show? It sums them up because one of the guys tweeted on the weekend, you better watch out on Saturday. QPR is going to be rocking. And the game was on oh. Sunday. You're like, you don't even know I mean, they're just, yeah. they're just, like, they really are pathetic. I mean, I've got more respect for Brentford than I have QPR. Even for Fulham. Even for Fulham, a little bit. Yeah. But no, QPR, just an absolute mongfest of a club. Yeah. Right, now, that's a lovely segue into to Clive. Because, of course, Clive, as we know, is the man behind Driver on the Wing. Uh, which, as I said before, is a fantastic uh, weekly oh, column. Oh, it really is, mate. Uh, I mean, I, I, I read that before I even knew, knew you at all. And I mean, I think that, that says it all. But it's in the CSG, the, the, support, the Chelsea Supporters Group website every week. Clive, uh, because you were on the show when I wasn't on, which, was a, yeah. which is a ridiculously stupid on my part for not being there, leaving you in the hands of that, that naughty boy, Jonathan Kidd. But I have known Jonathan longer than you have, the writing that, that's Drive true. on the Wing. So. That's true. Uh, my sympathies, obviously. <laughs> um, but because, you know, I really wanted to talk to you about Driver on the Wing, not least because yeah. it's good to give it a bit of a plug, but there's, there's a lot of people out there who won't know it as well as I do and who'll be interested in it. How did it start? It started when we were playing Stoke in the FA Cup about 11 or 12 years ago. And I drove up there. I, was, I had two tickets with me. I was meeting a mate up there who was driving up from somewhere else. And I got there early, not too much traffic. And I stood outside the ground waiting for him. And it was bloody cold. At Stoke? At Stoke. Who knew? Right on the top of that (laughs) hill. It was freezing. It was so much colder than it had been when I left home in London. And so before the next game, I checked the weather. And being a decent sort of person, I went on the Chelsea chat site and just popped up what the weather was going to be. And... Over a while, it just grew and grew, and I started you know, discussing what people ought to wear. And it started out with saying, please don't wear Burberry long peak baseball caps, <laughs> and more from that. And then a few years ago, I got approached by the CSG to do a weather report. Clark's Clark getting a phone call by his agent. Sorry, no, it's, it's he's, the, up, it he's was, upping his fees. Well, it's the same thing, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's his publisher. No. Um, asking if I'd write every month. I looked at in preparation for this, I look back over this and it started out being really quite short, a little bit about the weather, a little bit about what to wear. Sometimes, you know, don't wear half and half scarves. Or so stuff it, was, like it, really, that. it really did start genuinely out as a weather report. To start with, but yeah. it just morphed and morphed and it became more about what to wear. And then how to <laughs> distinguish yourself from the opposition supporters. And that led into more of a socioeconomic political and historical it's quite it's quite brainy of, it has to be said it's it, well, i you do know, try no it is and quite occasionally brainy. i do some research you, well i can tell i can tell it's, you know that wikipedia well, it's your, your, friend. No, your, your research into the socio-economic climate in the in these obscure <laughs> places that we visit from time to time is is, is quite outstanding really yeah, but, i mean but i'd never have known that the, the social the comment fans is, are basically thieves until i read driver yeah, on the well, that was it yeah. You know, and, and the number of towns where basically the the, the, pop, the, the, the you know the, the fans are all, all actually inbred. You know, my knowledge That's, of that has completely come from Driver on the Wing. <laughs> but what's marvellous is that occasionally I do put in a few things just to test people out and put in some things which aren't actually necessarily true. Oh, I, they thought, could be I true. thought it was all true. <laughs> a lot of it. I thought it was some, all true. Some of the facts aren't as accurate as the weather, and the weather's normally wrong. So is I have it? to is do a really? few. I have to do a few days Don't tell in me advance. That. I actually, I actually, oh, shit, I that's actually, terrible. I, I, that is choppy. I, I take your advice, <laughs> apart from the flat That's cap. why you're always looking so cold. Well, no, well maybe. That's or what hot. It is. Or hot, you know. But that's, I mean, apart from the flat cap, I refuse <sighs> to take your advice about flat caps and barbers. Which but, is just... You know, I do actually... I did wear a barber jacket today, you I really? hope you noticed. But no flat cap, Clive. No, no. And what, is, what have you got against flat caps, Clive, while we're here on the subject? It's just so country, isn't it? 
Not really. I, I just don't. It could be it could be construed as hooligan couture. You realise that? Or northern? Well, is that because you were? I think you're being too old-fashioned, literal like, about this, and you should move with the times, Clive. Like no, no, I, I just have to. All right, put let me my foot let, down there. Let, Red let, trousers as well. well Jeez, let, those are very, very they're delicate. They're brown. You call that brown? That's red, mate. That's red. Come on. There's not even a hint of russet. On a night when Liverpool are playing as well, he's wearing red trousers. That is shocking. There's not even a hint of russet in these trousers. (laughs) Uh, There is a hint of a gusset, but not a gusset. (laughs) Um, The the thing is this, is that um, you completely got my my train of thought. Uh, You can't suss it. Right, okay, I've remembered. Now, the flat cap, all right, which I do mm. love, uh, was the last present my dear lamented mother-in-law gave me. Well, then uh, that's a nice... But, but when, you when, might get an exemption But when for that somebody one, is stylish and fashionable and in with the youth, down with the youth, <laughs> as Pablo, uh, Paul Jeffrey, comes up to me yep. in the Fimber Arms and hasn't seen me with my flat cap on before, and he, and he looks at me askance in, in disbelief that I am so down with the youth that I'm wearing a flat cap. I'm going to take my fashion advice from Pablo uh, rather, uh, rather than you, Clive, on that issue, I think. That, that is worrying, but... Well, there we go. You know, I'll let you go with that right. one. Okay. <laughs> but there are certain things, like... And I, I know three people who support Derby, and they're all diminutive. That's true. So I had to put in that Derby... That's true. Empirical evidence, Derby have the shortest supporters. And then... <laughs> I did throw in one with Crystal Palace. It was marvellous. Got a lot of abuse on the Crystal Palace article. But the one fact I put I think in they, there... All, they, they all bury people in the garden, don't they? No, no, that's... Are they all prisoners all. or something? No, that was it. <laughs> the, there are more long-term <laughs> prisoners who <laughs> 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 Palace of And nobody battered it either. Because <laughs> they know it's true. <laughs> well, that was what I made up. Oh, you made that one up? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I, see, I had that down for a ringer of being So true, it wasn't as true as some of the others. There we go. Mm. I, so I, I completely believe that one at Palace. It could be, it could be, couldn't it? Yeah. But I think, I think on the whole, actually, you know, you, you get it spot on with the opposition fans. It's, it's all about... I, I have it, been told to tone them down this season. Why? Because there were too many death threats, particularly from QPR, who are the worst for death threats, yeah. and Midlands clubs are bad. But I think poor old Pete Trenter at the Chelsea supporters group was getting fed up with the Well, I mean, to be really honest... personal abuse no, but he was you, getting. You know, you, to be fair to Pete, I mean, you do have to be... I mean, you know, yeah. as Pete Sampson, uh, the, the wonderful, brilliant editor of, uh, of CFC Net, you know, Pete's been around the block and then some, so he knows what it's about, sticking <coughs> above the bar a bit as a Chelsea supporter. But when I started getting death threats from Scousers for some of the things that I was saying and writing... Yeah. You know, I was half of me was a little bit worried because it's not nice to get death. You were probably flattered. No, I, half of me was worried because any sensible person would be. You know, and they were writing to the club trying to get my season ticket revoked and all sorts of <laughs> mental shit. Uh, but the other half of me was absolutely proud as a badger. You know, I was like wearing yeah. it as a badge of honour yeah. that the Scousers hate me. Job done. And I, I, I was quite pleased because I had the kind of protection of writing anonymously and well, I Pete didn't. was getting all the abuse. Yeah, well, there you go. Now you've outed I mean. me. But that's what I mean. I mean, you know, but Pete Sampson said to me, he said, Chidge, you know, you're not a proper Chelsea writer or, or, or media, you know, mm. Chelsea fan or, you know, website fans in whatever. So you're not a proper Chelsea one unless you've had a death threat from your Scouser. <laughs> and I thought, well, there you go. It's kind hey, of a couple of death threats from QPR. That's taking one up. Yeah could find their way on South Africa Road, mate. Um, how hard are they to do, Clive? They're, it takes a bit... Of, it's taking longer now, because what I'm trying to be is a bit more inventive with my insults. If you make the insults a little bit more cultured, a little bit better researched, it can actually get through and hurt people more. I'm sorry, I've got uh, a button. From Clive Lewis, a waxing gibbous, please. <laughs> of course. And, uh, and he says, don't tone it down. And Mike Harvey says, if you're getting death threats, you must be doing something right. <laughs> there we 
go. Sorry, I had yeah. to bite him with that. And Wax and Gibbous has referenced the fact we was put in with the weather, what the moon That's your favourite one, isn't it? And Wax and Gibbous is yeah. Gibbous. It's a lovely good expression, word. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And what's, what's the one you don't like? Well, anything waning. Waning, Cres- yeah. waning crescent. Waning like crescent you don't like, no. do you? No. Is it the old Monty Python thing? Some things are woody. Words are woody. And others are tinny. Yeah. Wax and gibbous is a really woody yeah. word. Gibbous. <laughs> yeah. You could just imagine Jonathan uh, Kidd doing a voiceover. Gibbous. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Jonathan Kidd and I'm doing a voiceover Perhaps for talk to. sport. Perhaps gibbous. We ought to get, get kids to... Do, yeah, but every time I fucking well do that, he never delivers this little shit. You oh. know, he's he's a brilliant, brilliant voiceover. I I think yeah. I do quite a good impersonation of J.K. Actually, <laughs> he could he could do you it know. professionally. But when I, when I, when I when I get him on a show to do one, he he, he, he just, just always does it. He gets silly. He or gets meek and mild. He does. He gets all stage struck. It's very odd. Jonathan, when you're listening to this, please bear this in mind. Uh, right now, um, what's your favourite? Give me give what your three favourite uh, driver on the wings. I think the one we did for Derby in the Cup last year, that was that, that got with read small, out. With the small people. With small people. It got read out on Radio Derby. Oh, it, no pr- way. Seriously. That's absolutely. Fun, that's it, it really got up there. I did have one which got into the Croydon Advertiser for Palace. That oh, was yeah, quite yeah. good, I, too. I saw that. I saw that. That was, yeah. you know, and again, like fame the again. They called me a troll, which I found a little bit offensive. Yeah, they did. But, yeah. Um, and then I suppose... Considering they didn't it, know you, that was quite, you know... I, I, I liked... Slightly more obscure clubs are more fun in some ways. I like the idea of just Southampton supporters oh. all being ships per, cruise ships purses or entertainment <laughs> officers. And it's something that just, just winds them up that little bit more every time. I've got to say that the Southampton ones are amongst my favourite because I grew up, I mean, I, I come from Winchester, not Southampton, but you know, Southampton was like the nearest kind of big place to go when you were a kid. And in my world in Winchester, it was divided into two sorts of people when you were about 14. You know, those who went to London... And, and those who went to Southampton because there was no entertainment in Winchester. Of course, I was in the group that went to London, you know, and the rest is history. If you were a completely boring twat with no imagination, you went to Southampton. So when I read your driver on the wings of Southampton, I, I absolutely buy into it and get it totally. And of course, the funniest one of all, which I didn't know about at all until Jonathan was on the show regularly, and he came out with a story about him forgetting his oh. ticket and ending up in the Debenhams in Southampton and in the ladies' <laughs> laundry yep. getting thrown out or something. Which is I, I always try and get that, get that story into yeah. every Southampton one. So what are your favourites? The Derby one? The, the Derby. Palace one? Yeah. But it's, I mean, Northern ones generally are good. Cause it's, They're it's so the stereotypical whole, though, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's a little bit difficult to break away from the stereotype of the post-industrial decline of the north of England. But no, one can move on. It's a pity we don't get to play Scottish teams. When we play European teams, I'm always a little bit cautious on the side of you know, racism and other things getting thrown in. But the stereo... You could be racist to English people. It's all yeah. right. I was a- with Paris, I was able, because of, you know, Je suis Charlie and all that, yeah. I was able to really stick it into them because it's satire after yeah. all. With Germans, <laughs> you just... <laughs> any yeah. allusion to German yeah. wa- washing... You live rep- by the sword. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. German washing machine repairmen, that's always a good one. <laughs> and they're, they're kind of moving to the German porn industry to Prague. That's always up yeah, for a good laugh really. or two. But some, you know, Spain is a bit more difficult. You have to be a little bit I don't careful. Know, they're all racist anyway. So I know, absolutely, but you don't have to play to their no. tune. Can't sink as low as that. No, you can't talk about donkeys being defenestrated or anything like that, which is a pity. Cause that's, that's in Mexico, time. though, isn't it? No, it's Spain. Oh, is that where it came from? Yeah. They exported it. Yeah. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. I knew they had to export something. <laughs> <laughs> but um, a little bit of a political gag for you there, folks. Uh, so well, sorry, I'm, I'm just enjoying the chat so much. I'm going completely off the. Off the <laughs> and we got Arsenal coming up. That's always about that. Enjoy. Yeah, they're, they're so I do easy live, meet, I live close yeah. to Arsenal. Yeah. My wife is very concerned that I might disclose 
in one of those precisely where we live, which wouldn't be a good idea. No, you need to keep it on the down low, old fruit. Yeah. I mean, talk, talking of... Actually, that's a good segue into the next question, which is uh, what are the best comments you've ever had from you know the opposition fans leave? Because, I mean, for me, as I said, when I used to read them, I mean, obviously, it was, they're brilliant and they're hu- hugely funny. I mean, I read that to my wife, who hates football, oh. and me, actually, as a matter of fact. <laughs> but I, re- I, read them out, I read them out to her, and it almost makes her laugh. But actually, what makes me laugh even more are the billious comments you get from the opposition fans. Oh, some of the ones where they just lose it completely. And they do. And they typically call me a posh boy, a chav. Um, I've only started supporting Chelsea in the last six months. I've probably never been to Stamford All of that type of crap. But then once in a while, you do get somebody who plays in with it and actually writes something quite good. There's a Crystal Palace one where a guy did a, a whole page of a response, which actually was quite actually, well Actually, I, re- I remember reading that. That was quite normal and sensible. Yeah. Wasn't it? Those, those are quite gratifying when someone actually takes the bother to do something yeah. with a bit of thought. Yeah. But a lot of them, it's just the fun is the fact that they're just grossly insulting. Yeah, yeah. And it's upset people, and yeah. it's good. Yeah, 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 good man. Long may it continue. Um, how do we check them out, Clive? I, I you go the to ChelseaSupportersGroup.net. ChelseaSupportersGroup.net. And typically they go up two days yeah. before a game and uh basically you know you could just kind of search on the csg site for driver on the if, wing if you go up there there is a search bar or else if it's you go up two days before it's normally one of the ones actually on the front page quite often shared on facebook as well they are shared on facebook yeah. and on twitter yeah. i always put them out on oh, twitter i always retweet and Trenter yeah. focus blue always puts them up on the chelsea chat site as well yeah, and i i always always retweet them when i'm when when i've seen them come through because they're they're just such a wonderful thing to share what i should do more often is to copy the link and stick them on the facebook that would be nice because they love them on there because a lot of the people yeah. on the facebook group probably aren't on twitter and vice versa so yeah. we should we should post them on our facebook and we group. also try and you know put a hashtag on twitter of the opposition yeah. team as oh, well yeah, just, just to get it onto on, their oh, yeah, sites yeah, yeah. some of the best things actually aren't the comments that we get it's the comments on their chat forums yeah those are really funny brilliant brilliant stuff now of course i know why it's called driver on the wing martin knows why it's called driver on the wing dan knows why it's called driver on the wing uh, but there might be people out there who don't know why it's called driver on the wing it i had to find a name to call myself on the chelsea chat site when that first started up and i was looking on there kind of first thing in the morning when i got to the office having a quick sneak and look and then popping something up and it, it couldn't be a name that was kind of transitory it couldn't be anything just too obvious and I thought who was one of my favorite players when I was younger and I used to really like Phil Driver because of that 6-0 game that he made yeah. his debut in against Newcastle where he was superb he was about a year younger than me he was a winger I always loved wingers and I, whenever he played there was always that expectation yeah. that hope he could do something and he never quite did it not. again. It was Chelsea of that era, but wasn't it? The best thing was, about four, four years ago, I got an email one afternoon from a company that was trying to sell tickets to Wimbledon and places like that. <clears throat> and it was from Philip Driver. No so way. I emailed back saying, not at all interested in this, but you're not by any chance Are the you Phil Driver. Driver? It was. No way. And we had a brilliant exchange of emails, and it ended up with me taking him to see Chelsea no play way. Newcastle. No way. I've written it. I wrote a, wrote a piece about the original exchanges. It's on the CSG website. Oh, fantastic. Oh, but it was, that was, it was really nice. And what he said was that, I mean, firstly, just some great stuff about how much he, getting on the pitch, he would have, done, he would have paid to do it. And the love he had of it, it was quite brilliant. But also the fact that he kept being told, you can do it. And he had that self-doubt 
that stopped him performing wow. to his capability, yeah. which was really sad yeah. because he really did have the talent. He just didn't quite But, but Clive, now he's immortalised in a weekly blog that goes Absolutely. out to Chelsea. And he had heard about it yeah. as well, which yeah. was quite nice. Yeah. Oh, had he really? Yeah. Oh, that's even better. How lovely. What a lovely story. Yeah. Now, because we've waffled on, sorry, because I've waffled on for so long in this part, um, I'm going to uh, push, because I'm teasing people even more here, because I am going to do this when will we win it thing, because I have done my spreadsheet. All right. I'm going to push it into the next part, okay? So there we go. So in the next part, we're going to be talking about when exactly will Chelsea, or what game will Chelsea win the title at, according to Chidge's wonderfully worked out spreadsheet, as well as a Chelsea fancast roundup of stuff. Stuff? Stuff, Martin. How about that? See you in a second. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea Footballfancast.com. Back, right? Welcome back. I am Stanford Chidge, and of course, you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast. And this is the last part, but we're going to have a little bit of the last part that we didn't do. I'm confused already. But before I go on, I'm going to say that we've had a, a tweet from uh, Terence the Cat, uh, who's well-known and well-loved on Twitter, obviously, and by me. And she, he sorry, says, a few of us CSG committee members have had to go on local radio to defend Driver <laughs> on the Wing articles, i.e. Derby and Hull. I didn't know about the Hull one. There we oh, go. Brilliant. Oh, that's I'm really pleased. You're in trouble, you bad boy. And, right. and Terence the Cat is the person who was responsible for me being um, hoisted into doing it, so I'm very grateful okay, to well, there we him go. or her. her. Him, I think. Him, in him, in him. this context, definitely him. <laughs> anyway, I'm glad that him, as in Terence the Cat, is listening. It's great to have them back uh, listening to the show. Now, this is great fun. I'm, uh, you're gonna, you, I, I, I'm, I'm really worried, actually, about the fact that I might, might have drink, drunk too much coffee recently and I'm turning into an Arsenal fan. Because last night, uh, I was on Twitter quite bored oh, after, boy. After, the, after the game, oh. and Andy Goldstein was... Clearly, very bitter and twisted about United, even though they'd beaten City, were not going to catch Chelsea, and he was putting out all sorts of crap about, uh, you know, Chelsea not being a big club. Jason, Jason Cuddy's always going on about Newcastle aren't a big club, and Goldstein was saying, oh, you know, he was really, and I, and I basically said, uh, Andy, because I, you know, I was going to know him because I've done a few, you know, yeah. been on the show a, f- a few times. I said you might want to have a look at this, and I actually tweeted that Daily Mail article I was talking about about the big clubs, and I also tweeted him. The one with the average attendances since 1889, the one that Chell Tell always pulls out. And I also tweeted in the one about uh, the, the number of trophies that have been won by everybody, the one where we are equal fourth with Villa. Here's an interesting fact for you. Um, fact. Fact. Okay, Liverpool have won a lot of European trophies, okay? They've won eight. Okay, in second place are Man United with four and Chelsea with four. So we've won the second most amount of European trophies of any English club. It's not bad, is it, really? Yeah, but is it history? Oh, well, clearly not. Anyway, well, we won a, we won a European trophy before Liverpool. Yeah. We did. Yeah. I love coming out with that fact. Anyway, uh, we're not talking about those facts. We're talking about these facts. And this is what I've done in a spreadsheet, which is wonderfully complicated. I, 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 you know, we, I, might, I could show you this on Periscope later, but, uh, or even I might tweet it out. Here we go. What, what were the numbers, by the way? Colour. Okay, well, I'm going to explain it. Basically, I did... Right, Chelsea's games, Arsenal's games, United's games. 
what points. points what points we're all on now oh, all right. yeah, yeah, Chelsea yeah. are on 73 Arsenal are on 66 United are on 65 all the games we've got left and the dates uh, when we have them and then I've done four scenarios here uh, there are three key matches for us which are United, Arsenal and Liverpool alright I think you, mm-hmm. we can safely assume that we should win the others alright we, I, I we actually, can assume I, I actually feel more confident about those well the first two of those games yeah. than yes. I do but about you, some of the others as you well know you have to make assumptions somewhere so my assumptions are that the games against United, Arsenal and Liverpool are the tougher games than the others so the scenario the first scenario is if we win all of them i.e. all of our games mm. uh, then we'll end up with 94 points if Arsenal win, and this is where it gets interesting because we play both Arsenal and Man United. Yeah. So if we win all of our games, that mean, means that Arsenal and United will both lose against us. So that's like minus three points potentially for them. And of course they play each other. So in all these scenarios, I've assumed that Arsenal will beat United. All right. So if we win all of our games, we're going to win it against Leicester. Because we would have beaten United yes, and beaten right. Arsenal. Yes. So, but, but even if Man United beat Arsenal... We'll still win it. Then. Yeah, well, because they're already yeah. a point behind Arsenal. That's yeah. why I've assumed yeah. that Arsenal will beat them. Because basically, when we play Leicester, if we beat Leicester, we'll be on 82 points. And if we've beaten Arsenal and United, Arsenal can only get 81 points and United can only get 77. But it's a six-pointer, the Arsenal game, isn't it? Okay. It really is Literally a six-pointer. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. there's the swing. You see, we're yeah. talking about elections, political yeah. time. You know, We're talking about the swing here. And the mm. swing to Chelsea will be massive. So if we beat Arsenal and United in our next two games, and we beat Leicester, we'll win the title. And, and Leicester. Leicester. And Leicester. And Leicester. And Leicester. Yeah, because it'll be 80 points, which is why I'm, I might be talking to Dan about potentially having his spare ticket. <laughs> okay, this bit is going to be cut out of the podcast for obvious reasons. Um, now, okay, the next scenario is we draw all three against United, Arsenal, and Liverpool. Okay, uh, and I think the the main thing here being drawing against United and Arsenal. If we do yep. that, uh, that means when we get to play Liverpool, we'll have eighty one points. Now, if we draw against Arsenal and United, the maximum points we can get if we win everything else is eighty eight. The maximum Arsenal can get is 82, and the maximum United can get is 78 on the principle that Arsenal beat United. So that being the case, we need to get 82 points or more. So if we draw all three and actually draw against Liverpool, that being the assumption, we'll have 82 points and we'll have a better goal difference than Arsenal, let's assume. So if we draw against United and Arsenal, it's possible that we will probably win the title against Liverpool. My preferred so, so, option. So that would be a, a no, winner, no, winner or a draw against Liverpool would win us the title, that means. That's right. If we win against Liverpool, then we'd absolutely mm. win the title. But that's kind of my preferred option. Okay. Uh, if we lose all three, heaven forbid, yeah. but let's say we lose against United, Arsenal and Liverpool, the maximum amount of points we can get if we win all the others is 85. The maximum Arsenal can get is 84. And the maximum United can get is 80. So that means it goes to the last match of the season, which would be having to beat Sunderland at home. Yeah. All right? Providing, that is, that Arsenal win all their remaining games, yeah. which means that they'll have gone on a winning streak of 14 games. Highly unlikely. And at yeah. the moment, they're on the highest winning streak for any Premier League club this season. Yeah, no, this is, yeah. so, and, and, and the corollary of that, Clive, is that we've lost two Premier League games all season. Yeah, and, and we'd have to lose three, three, three. in the last seven games. Yeah. Yeah. It ain't and they've got to play us and, and United. So. <coughs> it ain't happening. All right, so that's... And morality is on our side anyway. But that's the worst kind of scenario yep. really that we lose yeah. three games and Arsenal win everything and they still would win the title albeit in the last game of the season now let's say we lose one okay uh, and I've decided that we're going to lose 
um, that we're going to actually. This is even more interesting. We're going to we're going to draw. Let's say we draw against United, okay, and then we lose against Arsenal, and then we draw against Liverpool, okay. Not beyond the rounds of possibility. Yeah. Arsenal again, you know, they win all of their matches, and United, you know, who cares about United? They're out of it, in my opinion. Yeah. If we lose. Uh, to Arsenal and draw against United and Liverpool, we will be winning the title against West Brom because uh, Arsenal can only get 84 points, United 78. We'll have 84 when we uh, beat West Brom and I suspect our goal difference will still count. So there we go. So essentially we need to lose four games for Arsenal to have a shout. So, yes. But what yeah. you're saying is it could be at any game well, I, I, from I, Leicester onwards. Yeah. Well, it could yes. be, yeah. yeah. So I'm just wondering. I mean, you know, the one thing I haven't mentioned, actually, is Palace. It, 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 it's not inconceivable that it could be Palace. Yeah. Actually. Because you that, know, that would say, depend on what happens with the If we draw teams. against United... No, I, I think one of, the, one of the suggestions I didn't put, because you could keep going on, on for like yeah, five pages of this, you know, yeah. uh, because you've got annoyingly three teams in it. But let's say, you know, we win against United... Uh, and we draw against Arsenal, and we win against Leicester, then it could be Palace. But also you've got to bear in mind that Arsenal could lose one of their seemingly easier games. They could. Like Hull or (coughs) Swansea. They've lost to Hull before. They have. And United, and they're playing United, of course. Mm. Yes. And United have got Everton, who they historically don't do very well. But they're playing United when we're we're playing West... They play United when we're playing West Brom, and it could be all over by then anyway. Who's their game in hand against after the Cup? No, well, not against us. They don't have one. No, but Arsenal got a game in hand because they've got a cup game this weekend. Yeah, but they don't won't have a game in hand against us. Oh, no, They'll no. be on equal games. Yeah. So course, that, we, we that, could so get no more points at all and come fourth. Well, that's not going to happen. So look, that being the case, <laughs> that being the or case, worse. I mean, you know, the, no, the thing, no, no, can't. the thing that started me thinking with all of this was that uh, you know Jose thinks that we need eleven points to win the title, and I think he's assuming that uh, goal our difference. goal difference is good yeah. enough to be able to the extra ins- point. Yeah. Whereas in reality, to win it kind of outright, not on goal difference, we yeah. need we need twelve, 12 points. Yeah. So that's four wins, mm. all right, out of seven matches. Hence, you can lose three and still win the title. So that being the case, Dan, where do you think we're going to win it? Uh, Leicester or Palace? Leicester or Palace? Yeah, I don't think I'll go beyond that. Because you think we're going to duff up United and Arsenal, yeah. basically? I think we've got <clears throat> we've got very little pressure on us. Both those teams need to win. The title's still, yes, mathematically open. Arsenal's mentality under pressure, they don't necessarily always perform. So I think Leicester or Palace, mm. I like to do it at home, personally. Because mm. I think, you know, winning, winning at your own ground's always great. So, this is why I'm tempted with that offer, because, you know, I, I still have nightmares about not being at Bolton. Yeah, me too. In 2005. Yeah, you weren't. That's Bolton. terrible. I, I was sitting next to Jonathan Kidd. I was, I was with Martin and Phil in Fulham Broadway afterwards, yeah. which almost made up for it, but not quite. And I danced with Paul Cook in the, from the Sex Puzzles in the Imperial Pub afterwards. We went to mental in the Imperial. I was giving Jonathan Kidd a cuddle. I think that's better than dancing with Paul Kidd. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I was in Bolton. It was better. Okay, you were in Bolton. So you think... Leicester, or, Leicester Palace. or Palace smart what, what about you I actually don't care as long as we've won it before Liverpool come to the bridge because I, I just like the thought of uh, Gerrard in his anti-penultimate premiership game having to take part in a guard of no, honour he won't, they won't because teams only do guard of honour if, if they're at home so even if, if we win it against Liverpool mm. or before them they're not going to do a guard of honour well I think they should I think they should out of respect I think yeah. they should bow Kiss the boots of the Chelsea players and, and clean them after the they game. Come on, you know, quite. But it won't happen because well, we're the home side. 
Uh, so you think what match will win it then? I, 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 think, really I, I think it'll be won by then. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Palace, Palace. So or maybe even at the Liverpool game. So you think you think Leicester and Palace too? I'm, I'm liking yeah. it because I, th- I think we'll beat Arsenal and Menu. Okay, I, I think I think those are our mm. actually two easiest to win games. As I said earlier, yeah. the players the will be so up for those. Mm. And the other Style side play, has come at all us. the pressure yeah. on them. They've mm. got to win. We don't. And we know how flaky Arsenal's meant. Well, that's why us. I think they might be draws because I think he might do a Man City on them, like like he did. Nah. You know, no. Do you think he'll part the bus? Because we don't need to win. Oh, we will and part they do. the bus, but they'll be coming at us, which will open up space. Yeah. And what we lacked mm. yesterday, what we lacked against Stoke and everyone else was space. Yeah. We're going to yeah. have it in, in abundance. Remy should, should be fit. Mm. Hit him yeah. on the break. So, uh, so what are you going to go for? I think because of the, we might we will lose games before the end of the season. I'm sure, mm. but we will win by Leicester or Palace. Mm. Wow! So you're, you're you're all going early. And then hopefully, oh, I love it. I love he'll start playing kids for the last four games of the season. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And that's when we'll He's going to start playing Jonathan Kidd. He's not that <laughs> desperate. <laughs> well, kid, you know, kids' hamstrings aren't John, Jonathan, Jonathan's <laughs> even older than Drogba, for God's sake. forget when we won the league in 2005, we lost the last two games. Didn't yeah, we? I know. Because yeah. we'd yeah. won it by then. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to really plump for my option two, which basically means dropping three points before we get to the Liverpool game. Uh, and uh, I. I, I just wanted to win it against Liverpool, although it does actually put the fear. I'm going to write my IBT, my IB Times blog tomorrow is going to be about this and the fact that we we ruined Liverpool's title chances last year, which is one of the most comedic football matches I've ever seen. With a bit of help from Palace. Yeah. yeah. Well, but basically we pooped on their parade massively. Yeah. And the only thing that shits me up about it is the potential for Schadenfreude of a monstrous scale. Mm. It would have them, to be on a much, them, yeah, much bigger you, scale. Of them pooping on Rogers yeah. versus Mourinho, it's not going to happen. But I would love us to win the title. And also, it would be payback for when they did it in 1988. Kenny Douglas. Eight, was it? 88, the last it was Kenny yeah. Douglas, 1-0. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I hated every minute. Having that. said that, yeah. last season Liverpool weren't seven points clear with the game. Well, no, I work. know they won't. Don't get all kind of <laughs> don't, don't don't get so pedantic. You know, all I'm saying is that for me, I would I would love it. I would yeah, love it. Just, love it. I would love it if yeah. we if we won the title at home with Liverpool there with their fans having to mm. suck that one up. That would be. There's got to be more about Gerard and which is something I actually predicted right at the beginning of the season that we'd win the league then. Now, uh, we, we would be told that it was a moral outrage that we did that and it was, it showing, piss dis- everybody off, was showing disrespect yeah. to them by winning yeah. the league in front of their supporters. It would piss everybody yeah. off, wouldn't it? And, I, and like, you see, you know, your, your driver on the wing mentality is to upset people. My whole mm. reason to be is to do that, Clive. So well, my, my theory is that football is about passion and passion is not just about love, it's about hatred as well. Yeah. Love and hate, mate. We should all get them tattooed on our knuckles for next week. <laughs> right, uh, okay, enough of that. Uh, lovely point to end that on. Um, now, uh, we had to move that into this part because uh, we waffled on so much in the last part, but uh, this is a bit of a Chelsea roundup now where basically I get to read lots and the others get really bored wondering why they're sitting here <sighs> when they could be in the pub. It's 1-0 to Liverpool. Is it, it really? Is. It was. There we go. Sterling. We need Sterling. every week anyway, so... All right, bit of hush, please. Uh, Chelsea Supporters Trust... Uh, if you join the trust, you can get your voice heard by the club. So uh, all it costs is £5 to become a voting member. Uh, it's no charge if you want to be a non-voting member, but that kind of defeats the object, but uh, it's your choice. So do sign up at chelseasupporterstrust.com so you can attend the meetings, come to the events, and vote on the issues that directly affect you and make sure you get your voice heard. 
Uh, a newsletter goes out every month, which uh, keeps you informed on what we're up to and various events that we're holding. Uh, and if you want to come and have a chat or raise an issue with anybody on the uh, Supporters Trust board, there's always one of us at the CFC UK stall at every home game. So come, on out, come and say hello. And by the way, uh, next week, Monday the 20th, we will have Tim Rolls, the chairman of the Trust, with us on the show. And Tim has promised to talk about the Trust, uh, Chelsea, but most important of all, he's made a request to discuss his top 10 records of all time. Right, and I'm and I think I might turn next week into a bit of a desert island uh, discs. Mm. Desert island rolls. De- desert island because you have the technology. Chelsea Island discs. You have the I technology. I, well, no, this is the funny thing. Tim says, "Oh, I'll bring." I'll, you know, I'm doing my granddad voice here. Oh, I'll bring a few CDs, and I said, "Tim, I'll just do a playlist on Spotify, mate." What Spotify? <laughs> Never mind. Anyway, so Tim's on the show next week, so that'll be a cracker. So uh, do tune in. Now, talking of CFC UK, what is uh, Spotify? Oh, shut up, Granddad. <laughs> uh, you can get CFC UK at home games from the CFC UK store opposite Fulham Broadway's tube. And, uh, of course, you can get them at the away games. Did you see only a pound yesterday? He was there. Was he really? Good he boy. Was. He was. always there. Was he collecting them off the pitch when they'd been thrown at the players? He should have done and given out the magazines yeah, at yeah, the same yeah, time. That would have been education for those QPR supporters. Do you know what? I can't even remember the article I wrote uh, this this month. How that's, awful. That's it would have been something for the QPR fans to put in their white plastic carrier bags. That's why they carry them. It must be. Anyway, so you know what to do. Uh, either turn up at the CFC UK store before the uh, home games or or, find, or just hear. You know, cast your ear to the wind and you'll hear a, hurry up, it's only a pound. And you'll know that that's where that sound's coming from is where you can purchase a copy for said pound. Now, if you're not in the country or you're not at the games, you can always get it... Uh, by getting it digitally, and to do that, you subscribe online at cfcuk.net. Now, uh, you'll be delighted to know we've got a bit more canners pluggery here, Smart. I don't know if, if you lot out there have been following Paul uh, on his trip mm. to Australia yeah. on Facebook, but he's Down clearly... Under. I'm going to try and get him on the show in the next couple of weeks. That'd be great. To see, you know, because I'd love to, to hear, hear, hear his version of events, but he's clearly had a brilliant time out there, and they've absolutely loved him to pieces. I mean, the Blue Roo, Chris Larwood, yeah, is yeah. Uh, posting pictures. Good picture of him on, yeah. on, on yeah, the but they, Twitter with All the feedback cans. I've seen is that he's absolutely loved it and he was really well looked after. And, and all the Aussies out there who've met him have just absolutely That's loved brilliant. it, which is couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Now, he's also uh, going to be off to Atlanta very shortly. Atlanta. Atlanta. Now, the lovely Brenda. You remember Brenda? Yes. Yeah. Well, Brenda is very much part of the Atlanta Blues and I think she's done a lot to organise this. And uh, in May, he's going to be taking part in, uh, in Soccer in the Streets uh, as the captain of the Atlanta Blues Supporters Club team. Uh, and he's also going to be doing a question and answer night uh, that they've coordinated with the RERA Irish Pub. What a weird name. Um, does it say that on this? Well, I can tell you where it is. It's on, it's on Saturday, May the 16th at RERA, which is 1080 Peachtree Street, Atlanta, Georgia. 303 Georgia. Georgia. Such an American name. It is. I remember, a quick sidetrack here, I can't help this. <laughs> I went to a wedding in, in uh, very near uh, Portland, Oregon, a few years back. Which is nowhere near Georgia. Nowhere no, near Georgia. Wrong coast. But the bird that he was marrying, she had a lot of relatives from South Carolina. Carolina? Yeah, and me, and, and there's basically me and a few other British lads there, and we were, all ha- we were under instruction to wear our you know morning dress, and we were all looking like you know four weddings and a funeral twat. And anyway, we kept on finding these beautiful, gorgeous southern girls. And I kept on going, you know that scene in Deliverance? 
Hmm. Yeah, where, where she'll got a pretty to, mouth. You got it in one, and we I kept <laughs> we kept on going up to these beautiful southern girls in the, and, and dressed like you know Hugh, uh, Hugh twat face. Going, you sure got a pretty mouth, <laughs> and they were loving it. Squeal like a piggy, squeal like a piggy boy. <laughs> they, they were, at, they couldn't believe that these quite plummy English blokes were able to just go up to them and go, "You sure got a pretty mouth." <laughs> they loved it. Anyway, sorry about. Well, that. I went to Atlanta once, and, and the, 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 the standard, you know, greeting on, on arrival or departure was always, "Y'all come back." I'll come back. Y'all come back. I'll come back. I love America. Yeah. God bless America, I say. I love them. And all who sail in there. Uh, I'm, anyway. I'm, I'm missing the Man United game to fly out to bloody America. Where so are you I'm going? That, I'm going to New Jersey. New Jersey. New, New Jersey. New jo- right. Two days in New Jersey. Oh, it's going to be more well. exciting. Clive is a genius. He's an absolute well, genius. Well, I know that. Because Keegs, eh? yeah. Mike Keegan, yeah. Keegs, is from New Jersey. New Jersey. New Jersey. Yeah. Right, Mike Keegan. And happy what is it to- birthday to you. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Keegs. Happy birthday to you. There we go, because it's his birthday today. Now, Keegs has been listening to this show since we started, and he's from New Jersey. And I met him. I met him in Legends in New York. There we go. So if you're going to be out I'll be in Princeton, because New Jersey is probably about as big as England. So you, no, you know, it's mm, not. No, oh, it's, it's quite big, 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 you know. It's, it's bigger than Jersey. It's big, sure. but it's not that big. And I'll be at Miami for the United game. That's well, that's crap. You're both in New York. Well, you need to go and find the Miami Blues. I mean, we know all these people, yeah, so um, talk to us and we'll put you... I'm going to be on a plane, actually, halfway between Zurich and... Oh, well, don't say I didn't try, yeah. Clive. Anyway, going, going back to Canada's... There's a nice microbrewery in Princeton. <coughs> bit of hush, please. Going back to Canada's and his trip to uh, to Atlanta, it's, uh, the, the, the bar that he's going to be doing this gig at is 6 p.m. Saturday, May the 16th, at Rera, 1080 Peachtree Street, Atlanta, Georgia. $20 entry, free appetizers, and there's a raffle... Uh, for loads of Chelsea merchandise. Now, uh, Brenda also says, we believe Paul Cannaval has a lot to offer from talking with teenagers and doing a skills clinic for the younger uh, children to sharing his amazing story of overcoming adversity, dealing with abuse from his fans and even his own teammates. Uh, his presence here will not only help promote football in a city with an upcoming MLS team, but also help a charity dedicated to empowering undeserved youth through soccer, charity development, mentoring, and employability programs. Uh, now, uh, if you want more information, uh, all you need to do is go to the website, which is atlantablues.us uh, forward slash Paul. And here's, this is even better. You can actually sponsor Canners uh, for the team. Hmm. And you can just pay a little bit of money and sponsor him. And I, I'd imagine if Paul's got any sense, he'll have your name on his shirt. You know, <laughs> That's what I would do. Uh, anyway, so if you want to sponsor Canners, go and visit accounts dot soccerstreets.org forward slash canners11 it sounds to me like that is a fantastic cause and absolutely uh, and as I said I must give canners a ring now he's back in the country because what I would really love to do is to get him on the show because uh, I'd love to hear about um, you know his time uh, in Australia which sounded brilliant now um, I forgot to do this last week and I nearly forgot to do it this week but I did promise R- the lovely Richard who's behind the shed end campaign you know to get the atmosphere all sorted right. out and they did some brilliant banners the other week if you remember really yes, football do. and all that kind of stuff and uh, he's uh, tweeted me actually to say the shed black or white were all blue and we shall not be moved ruining football since 2003 uh, the group have a core of 15 or so people behind them and we're working on improving this uh, the atmosphere vocally and visually with displays flags banners it's all self-funded by the group uh, and if you want to get in touch with the Shed End campaign, then you need to follow them on Twitter at Shed underscore Atmosphere. 
All right, it's run by Richard. He's a top bloke. Uh, now, that will direct people to... They've got a blog and a website. So if, if you go to at shed underscore atmosphere, it'll give you all the information for the blog and the site. And Richard will be online and happy to answer questions on Twitter if people want to get involved. Um, as we all know, and I know that everybody's got a different opinion on it, but atmosphere in modern football grounds is an incredibly difficult thing to sort out. It really, really is, and especially so at Chelsea, I believe. So it's easy to mock people from the sidelines, but anybody who gets up off their arse to try and do something about it, I think, should be roundly applauded, and they should be helped. Well, I think there we go. Roundly applauded. So, so yep. well done, Richard. And if you're in the shed, go. You know, as I said, follow them again. It's at shed underscore atmosphere, and see if you can get involved. All right. Now, a little plug for us, Martin, and in fact for you, Clive, too, if you want, and Mars. definitely for yeah. you, Dan. Uh, Mimi TV sounds right up my alley, doesn't it? It's all about Mimi. <laughs> Me, sorry. Who's she? I don't know. She sounds quite nice. Though. Yeah. I used, to, I used to know a bird called Mimi. She was quite hot. And I'm not going to reveal anything else on there. <laughs> All right. Okay, right. Now, Mimi TV. We are really, very literally, about to launch our new, brand new video channel uh, to make up for the fact that we've longed you off on uh, YouTube and we're not doing Sports Night Live anymore. Uh, and it means that we will be doing mini podcasts when the mood takes us, impromptu wow. ones. Okay, so basically, it's like live on TV, but it's even better because uh, if you're watching it and, and you've got a webcam and all that kind of stuff, you can join in the chat. Now, all you have to do is you have to sign up at Mimi, that's M-E-E-M-E-E dot TV, and then you can follow the Chelsea Fancast channel. Now, I will let you know when we plan to do broadcast, and then all you have to do is to uh, log on uh, and sign up to Mimi TV, and then you just request to join in when I'm broadcasting. It really is that simple. All you need is a computer with a webcam and a mic, obviously, and you're up and running. Now, usually modern laptops have a webcam and a mic built in. If you're on a desktop, then you probably need, you need a webcam uh, attached to it and uh, you need a headset like you do for Skype, that kind of thing. Anyway, any problems, all you have to do is email me, uh, chelseafancast at gmail.com, or better still, check out the blog uh, on all about this on the homepage of chelseafancast.com. Uh, it's in the on the blog section. Now... I was talking to Martin in the pub beforehand, and uh, once they've all buggered off and gone home to their, you know, where they need to be, I, I, I'm really, I might be up for doing a little kind of broadcast as a summation of the show and maybe answer some of your questions. So if you're up for that, if you're listening on Mixler and you are interested in doing this, let me know on Mixler, and I'll do a broadcast in about half an hour after we finish the show. And we'll see how it goes, if you're up for that. If you're not, I'll go to bed. You know, simple, really. <laughs> but if, if you are up for it, I'll be, I'll be up for that. And you can kind of raise some of the things that we talked about on the show tonight. So how about that? We might do our first one in about half an hour. Now, very quickly, a bit of co-respondence. Martin, Martin likes. Do you want to read out a bit of co-respondence? I don't, I don't mind reading you, a bit you, of you're correspondence. Looking, you're looking underemployed, Smart. I'm feeling underemployed. You are. Yeah. There we go. Shake hands with it, as the actress said to the bishop. Indeed. Would you like to read out the co-respondence? Co-respondence. Chelsea Debs at CFC Unofficial. Finally caught up with this week's Chelsea fancast. Prefer the audio version, even though I don't get to see my photos. And special mention to Clayton, who made his debut on Chelsea fancast this week. Extremely knowledgeable and spot on assessments. And a good looking stuff. chap on the radio. A lovely bloke. Handsome, bloke. Really handsome man. Very handsome man. And he likes his beer too. Um, Mac Bergson at Proper Chelsea USA. Good handle, that isn't it? At proper Chelsea, At USA. Proper Chelsea I love, USA. I love, that. Right. love Chelsea fancast this week. Great to have Stanford Chidge and Jonathan Kidd together. Thanks for the shout out. Great live and great pod. Chelsea Codger, who is at Chelsea Codger, 
Me, that's Graham, that is yeah. top bloke. Loving the new old Chelsea fancast. Much more fun than the video broadcast version. Welcome back. Like that. Jack Kentala at JDK Works. Always great to see the boys win. But was it me or did Hazard seem to deliberately limit his involvement? Rather ineffective. Mm. Well, I don't know. I mean, that, you know, I, I, th- I think we explained our way out of that one, didn't we? That, I, think I, think, so. I think QPR shackled the poor little boy. No, that was, they did, this yeah. must be in reference to the Stoke game. Oh, was it? No, yeah. I don't know. I think, I think oh, Jack, was that, oh, no, I think oh, Jack, Jack wrote it oh, off the QPR game. Fine. I can't believe Hazard was doing that, to be honest. Why, what's he got to save himself for? He got seven no, I, I think left, QPR yeah. you know, yeah. put lots of people on him and he found yeah. it hard to find the They're space. They're playing one game a week with one exception mm. This, this mm. from now on in, aren't they? So. Robert FC at AFC Roberto. Just listen to Fancast 314, first for a while. Well done, great listen, more mature and interesting without the silly bits. What, what's he talking Without about? the silly bits? I like bits. the silly bits. They're my favourite bits. This show is not silly mm. anymore. There are bits that aren't silly. No, I know. I don't know how. Allegedly. Apparently, I, I got, I got a, a, a bit of co-respondence last week saying that uh, I'm, they're glad it's not on TV anymore and, and, <laughs> and that Sophie's not here because whenever Sophie wasn't here, all I would do was show off to her. I have heard that. You're such a flirt. I am. I'm dirty, old man. Sentenced to death for flirting. CFC Science, great Chelsea fancast this week, guys. Top work, Stanford Chidge, Blues Chronicle, Goalie59 and Jonathan Kidd. And that's all the correspondence we have this week. That's all you've got to say about that. That's all i got to say about that. OK, keep talking because I'm just going to do a bit of a Mixler thing. It, it, it says next, six outro. Does it? Yeah. OK, I'm, 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 I'm going to have to do that in a minute then. Damn you. All oh. right, uh, we're nearly there. <laughs> Now, uh, we didn't have any emails this week. We did have... Oh, we did. We did from... Uh, oh, oh, Saved by the bell. Well done for remembering the last... I'm doing really well. Normally, I completely forget these, and I just rue it next week, but I've actually <laughs> remembered everything. The lovely Jacaranda Chick, who is one of our most loyal listeners on Mixler, sent me this email earlier on, and this is a, this is a, a request to uh, all of you who are out there on Mixler. She might have mentioned it to you anyway, but... As you might remember, I've been working on a startup concept around sport, an audio search tool like Shazam, the music discovery app. This weekend, our team will be at Football Hack Day at Google Campus, and as prep for that, I'll be running a short survey with football fans. So, reaching out to see if you'd not mind me approaching the Mixler gang for volunteers this evening. Absolutely not uh, Jackaranda Chick, or uh, I, I can't. I'm not going to. I can't pronounce your name from the. Uh, Google email, so I'm just going to call you. Oh, it's Myanda. There we go. I can. I... He struggled with Jackaranda, to be honest. Well, that's true. Yeah, that's a tricky. Myanda, of course you can. Please, it. please <laughs> ask everybody in Mixler now and just give them a link so that they can uh, they can join in. But I'm sure I'm sure they'll be more than happy to help you out. And if you send me the link, uh, email it to me. I'll I'll certainly fill it in for you. All right, least I can do because you've been very loyal to us. Anyway, yes, I know you're laughing because I can't pronounce your name. You wouldn't be the first. Right, now, make sure you lot out there uh, send us in some good old stories or even uh, email me. Uh, and, uh, of course, uh, you can do that by uh, going to chelseafancast at gmail.com and I will read them out on the show next week. Now, we will be back uh, next Monday, April the 20th, and we will be reporting back. I, I, I didn't change it. I said it's the QPR match. So it would be a bit of a dull show if we repeated right. this one. Yeah, no, let's do Man U next time. I think we'll do Man U. Yeah, do Man U. Yeah. 
There's still quite a few things about QPR we haven't managed to get in. Yeah, because. yeah, we haven't slagged them off half enough for my life. Not liking. enough. No. Have we said that they're not very nice? No, wankers, aren't they? Uh, <laughs> and the man with the West sombrero. London is ours, West London is ours. <laughs> Ten blokes from Acton, are you fucking sure? Uh, right. <laughs> uh, no, anyway, so we won't be talking about the QPR match. We will, in fact, talk about the United match next week. And funnily enough, I'm going to be, if it works, I'll be on the London is Blue pod. Uh, yeah on the Sunday night talking about the Man United match Uh, I tried to do it ages ago and it didn't work so hopefully it'll work this time anyway uh, who will be on the show next week well obviously I will be and Jonathan Kidd is back in the house and the lovely Charlie Skillen aka the Cannon is it yeah. the, the, they're all calling him the cannon the cannon because he's a loose cannon or something I don't ah. know I need to quiz him about this next week I might is, have got is it this wrong. in the media environment he's well in, the, in the, the Twitterati yeah. and all that because Rory does um, Rory uh, Charlie does uh, back pages report with uh, the lovely Rory on the Chelsea fans channel every Monday I think and I think Rory and, Rory and people like that have been calling him the cannon I don't know I'll get the full gen for him next week anyway Charlie's on next week and uh, as I said earlier on uh, Chelsea Supporters Trust Chairman Tim Rolls is also going to be on the show now don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast and make sure you check out the great blogs on our website ChelseaFancast.com where you can also find all the information on how to listen and to download the show and by the way, we had debut blogs this week from Ken Barkway and the lovely Chelsea Debs. And they were very, very good blogs too. Now, uh, the other thing is join our Facebook group, which is facebook.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. And uh, finally, don't forget to look out for my weekly articles in the International Business Times. And you can follow them at uh, IB Times UK Sport and, of course, my monthly CFC UK blog. So there we go. Right, enough. We're there. We're done. Thank God for that, we all say. Yeah. Dan, brilliant to see you as yeah, always. Good to be back. Yeah, good to be really back. nice to have I'll you see back. in a couple of weeks. You will, will, will. And uh, I think you're back in a couple of weeks too, aren't you, I smart? think I am, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, it'll be nice But it's always a pleasure to be here, Chish. Always oh, nice I, to I see you, this. Always nice to see you. And finally, 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 great to f- properly have Clive on the show. It's been an honour. It has been a real delight having you on the show. As I said, I, I was so pissed off that I missed you when you were on the what actually uh, proved to be the last ever TV version, which is an historic course. version. Yeah, you are. You were on a historic That's, version. That would so be a pub quiz tr- question in a few years' yeah. time. Sadly, <laughs> sadly, airbrushed out because I wasn't on it, so therefore it doesn't oh. really count. But, you know, <laughs> I take your point. But I do this. I do. I do, quite often do this. Who were the first people on the Chelsea fan cast? And nobody ever gets it right. There were three people, including me on the first ever Chelsea fan cast. Not, not the one that DJ and all of that lot did. The first one with us. It was about number 26 or something. Yeah, you, right? me, and who was the other one? Sheridan Chelsea. Bird. You and I only... Yes, yeah, Sheridan Bird. Every, Paul, Pablo, has arguments with me. Stan argues with the pub. I was on the first show. I, no, Stuart, Stu Norman says Pablo it. wasn't. He no, was on it for at least I a know, year. I know, But they all say they were on the first show. It's like yeah. all those people that were at Rotherham away. Or yeah. Bolton in 83. Yeah, you know, I know where they're coming from. Anyway, <laughs> it's brilliant to have you all on the show. And it's also great to have seen so many people in Mixler tonight. I love you all, as you well know. Um, I, I will hold you to this promise. I will do a Mimi TV chat in about 20 minutes or so, if you're up for it. But let me know on Mixler and it will be done. Uh, other than that, it's time to go. Thank you for listening. Uh, see you next time. Up until then, keep it... Until then? Up until then? I can't even read anymore. Until then, keep it blue. Keep it carefree and keep it chills. Up the chills!
It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 